Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 329 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I, as usual, am your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical, your name here, Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? Visit us on patreon.com slash laser time to claim the name for a week. <laughs> Ever walking the orphan's turf, Chris Antista. And Matthew, you can call me Al Allen. Oh, nice. And special guest your wife <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us your wife where my people have seen your work not, not your wife the listener's wife <laughs> michael's wife yes, let's yes. just declare my wife his wife my wife, my wife. i'm diana goodman yes always Thank gold you. 30 2010s diana goodman 30, Talk about games. diana classic corner goodman yeah uh, I wonder why I'm here. I'm yeah, very confused. Yeah, why could you be here? I don't have things to talk about in re-video games. No, but or not. do I? Mm. But dun, dun, dun. I'm sure this will you, come as... You, you, you were quite fascinated on 302010 this week. Uh, it is both the anniversary of Braid and System Shock, two of the best-reviewed games of all time. Oh, damn. In separate mm. decades. Wow. Yep, yep. yep and yep. I have never... I have not enjoyed either of them. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> thought of system shock actually when we were thinking of our topic because it was shock two i apologize it was one of the tropes the good one yes yes that's correct Suck it, Warren Spector. What are we talking about? Why is Diana here? What's she doing Well, in case you just tapped on the episode without looking at the title or the promo art or anything else. (laughs) Don't look at your phones. (laughs) (laughs) This this episode, I wanted to tackle a topic which has kind of been percolating at the back of my mind for a while, which is watching films from the 80s and realizing suddenly... Oh, this is where video games came from. <laughs> the, 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 like, if you go back to 70s and 80s cinema, there are, like, a certain, there's a certain canon of, like, mostly B-movies that if you watch them, you will see, like, these had a tremendous influence on the development of video games as a medium. Like, they, they kind of defined the look and the themes that they had, especially in the 80s and into the 90s, and kind of shaped the direction of it for for decades to come and i I think the the term that i used when i was talking to you guys about it was like these are like rosetta stones for understanding how gaming developed like you you look you watch these movies and you see like this is what inspired everything right and like the 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 things we take for granted as like effortless tropes in games were firmly established in the reagan era of movie making yep absolutely yeah it's it's i think it's a wonderful wonderful topic i i I, we've talked about in in doses over like the last 10 years but i i can't believe it took this long to like formulate a whole theme out of it because i it's fascinating to me yeah especially when we talk about video games you got to talk about japan and they're stuck in the 80s so (laughs) (laughs) the the 80s i don't i don't know what it is about 80s cinema but like all this stuff from like the 80s and 90s in japan it's like wow you were just wholesale ripping off everything James Cameron and uh, <laughs> John Carpenter were doing back then. It's, yeah. it's great. And if you look at Laser Time this week, also all of the music. Yeah. Stolen soundtracks, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From video games. Oh, and wait, real quick, not to derail you, but I did. I just found out, I wanted to give a quick uh, shout out and congrats to uh, our buddy Daniel Treesh for the birth of his child. Mm. Uh, hey. Oliver. Hey. Holy crap. He made zero days old right as of this recording. Oh. Wow. Congrats, Daniel and Michelle. Yay. Seriously. So 80s movies tropes. It's weird, though. Here, here's the thing that, yeah. that, that it's a little weird that like video games sort of haven't moved on. You know, like the tropes. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's kind of a function of 
our industry of one that just continuously repeats itself and builds well, on itself it, with franchises and stuff, it's, but it's like, those it's, tropes are still there. It's not so much that it hasn't moved past those tropes as that, like, there's there are certain genres of video games that are kind of like, what if 80s movies never stopped? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You have the, the modern film industry, which went off in a different direction. It's like 80s movies and, and 70s movies, they're, they're like the common ancestor to these two evolutionary mm -hmm. branches. And I think you can, there are a few examples of like 90s cinema, most, like The Matrix is the one that comes to mind that definitely inspired yeah, games. Absolutely. But, but way fewer examples of yeah. those than like... Yeah, I wish I wish I had the benefit of being a, a younger listener, like maybe maybe even under 20 because there's certain things in games you never question but that does sort of come from an arrow you didn't question them because they were prevalent throughout every movie you watched mm -hmm. in the 80s we well, should also clarify when we say 80s as is tradition in laser time we're also referring to the shoulder decades of like late 70s leaking over into yes. 80s mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. yeah some of these i think are from oh, the one just, at least the two 80s, of them are 70s the 80s didn't really end until about 91 yeah yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, hypercolor shirts to prove it yep it's, it's right before everything fun. went navy and khaki and it got boring yeah uh, it's been fun from 30 2010 seeing had the watching the 80s are dying off in 89 all those things that we were talking mm. about in 86 they're finally where they're starting to go out and things are changing. Yeah. Well, I, w I wonder also, you, you talk about like being envious of someone who's young and discovering this stuff. Like, I wonder is, is somebody like watching Terminator or Blade Runner for the first time, like a 20 something year old, like, is, is that as cool to them as it is for me discovering it in my adulthood? Or is it like, if, uh, if I'd been in my twenties and someone was like, Hey, you gotta watch this movie from the fifties where everybody talks really fast all the time. No, that's more of a forties thing. I'm sorry, Diana. I'm looking right at you right now. <laughs> I, I think, I think well, it, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think it depends. I know Chris was about to say it depends. Some of it is yeah. like you need the context. Like if you watch 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm -hmm. like you can take it on its own and be like, Oh, it's okay. People told me it's important. And then yeah. like, if you look it into context and compare it to the special effects of the era, you realize, Oh shit. There's that tie-in, by the way. I was System mm -hmm. Shock Two, Rogue AI, mm -hmm. 2001. Ah. Right there. Yeah. Well, they only, only because they beat Harlan Ellison to making a movie about I have no mouth and must scream. Ah. And 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 I think 80s movies of general, I had to put like a super fine point on it, very ineloquently. Uh, the movies sort of didn't give a fuck, and just like were were all about presenting whatever they needed to on screen to to make. To make it seem like something was constantly happening, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. like plausibility or uh, political correctness be damned. And I think yeah. games have been guilty of that for a, a, like an additional 30 years. The 80s was a decade of high-octane directors who got very bored ah. very easily. Allergies. <laughs> a lot of allergies. A lot of allergies. Yeah. I had to take no. cocaine for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was – yeah, another way of saying that is I think um, video games as a medium, they're very over the top, right? Mm -hmm. To the point where it's – being debated in Congress right now. Uh, mm. Do we maybe go a little over the top with things like violence? The 80s was a decade that was known for being over the top. That oh, yes. was the point, because mm. if you want to go into historical context, the 80s was the boom time of the blockbuster. The blockbuster yeah. basically was created in the late 70s, and the 80s was all spent uh, realizing, oh shit, if we make our movies a bit dumber, but bigger and more spectacular, we can make like a thousand times the money we used to. Mm -hmm. And so, they can go all over the world, and we can even make cheaper ones on VHS that just like 
bold-facedly bold like rip off the superior films, and they're still yeah. enjoyable. Oh, yeah. But yeah. with more tits. Yeah. Yes. And, and the dumber they are, the better they do overseas. Like, mm-hmm. Japan and Korea can can watch a dumb action movie yeah. without a lot of translation and cultural references. Well, and I, love I, mean, it. I mean, like, overseas uh, sales in countries that don't speak English is why a lot of Uva Bowl movies tend to do well mm. overseas. Like, you know, they're very big in Thailand, from what I understand. Oh, well, God. I mean, there's, there's something about, like, a complete lack of nuance that makes it easy to localize. Mm-hmm. I am huge in guy. the Thailand. I am Uwe Boll. Yeah. I am huge in Thailand. My movies are made with Nazi gold. <laughs> I mean, that's an actual quote from Postal. I'm not making that up. <laughs> and, and by the way, thank you for coming into my restaurant to ask me about my movie. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously this isn't going to be a comprehensive list. I'm not saying, like, these are the only five movies that you look at them. But, but I think... Uh, for me, these are the ones that that evoked that feeling the strongest while yeah. watching them. Like, yeah. yes, this this was hugely influential on the medium that we normally talk about. So this week we're get, we're not going to be video game apocalypse. We're going to be movie film apocalypse. Yeah, oh, we'll be video game. We're going to talk about yeah. the games he's inspired <laughs> as well. We'll be both. Sure, why not? But yeah. we'll get into that right after this. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, crazy. five, five, four sequels and three straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, I his penis. <laughs> but I saw both move the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watched. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So, yeah. So, in the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh, and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean. Not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like... But you could do reverse cowgirl. Uh. <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. That <laughs> <laughs> thing is all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back to talk about what? Rosetta Stone movies of games? Yeah. Yes. Rosetta yeah. Stone movies. They teach you Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually French. a legitimate way to learn a new language is put on like a Spanish television channel mm-hmm. with the subtitles and yep. it will help you. When so, you're two. And well, yeah, you do <laughs> have to have a little bit of a base knowledge. It's also the best way to watch uh, Ninja Strike Force, which for some reason was translated as Ninja Golpear con Fuerza or Ninjas oh. Strike with Force. Yes, yes. It I is rec- fun. Actually, I do yeah. love watching a movie I know really well, like on Telemundo or something. And it's like, yeah, it's like, right. oh, I'm picking mm-hmm. it up. I'm pick- wait, I understand slightly more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. And you also, also wonder, it's like, wait, did they did they just add this dialogue that you're you're hearing through this telescope? 
What? I'm thinking of Predator specifically. I saw, <laughs> saw a scene from Predator in uh, in Spanish once where they're like watching these guys through binoculars and you can clearly hear what the guys are saying in Spanish. And like, was this added or was this in the original? <laughs> and, and we did talk about Predator in regards to this idea, but it's like, it's not just that we have a, a fucking hella authentic Predators game coming out. Predator game mm. coming out. Mm. Uh, not based on the Rodriguez produced movie. Like, uh, I think it took technology a while to catch up to make a movie like Predator. Yeah, we also talked a bit uh, about, like Michael said before the break, these are the most influential movies, and so we didn't get too specific. I kept sending Michael like very specific examples. Yes, yeah, so like that 2001 one. 2001, like, yeah, and he's like, just think, think bigger, think broader. Affected more. So the criteria is more like these affected more games than maybe like, affected one or two of your very yeah. favorite. Franchises. We can we can look at these and think like, oh yeah, we I, I see where a bunch of games took influence from this and uh, right, yeah. Well, like I think I gave you this probably isn't on the list, but if it is, you can cut this out. So for like Red Dead Redemption, I'm like spaghetti westerns. Hugely influential, oh, yeah. but that's yeah. not a a video game genre that sadly hasn't really ever taken off. Like the Red Dead games are the only successful ones, th- yeah, big yeah. success Western yeah. games. So and then which spaghetti Western in particular are we going to talk about? The Dollars Trilogy, in which case, any well now Kurosawa yeah, was involved in <laughs> because mm-hmm. Fistful of Dollars is a remake of Yojimbo. Mm-hmm. I, I like that talk idea. about Duck, you sucker! Uh, duck, you <laughs> sucker is a lot of fun. I like Duck. It's you a sucker. great title. Yeah, best. It's 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 second only to Operazione Dynamite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that the is that the Italian title? Uh, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's called no. The Fistful of Dynamite. Fistful of Dynamite yeah. or Duck You Sucker. Mm-hmm. Fistful of Dynamite is such a great title. While too. we're talking about movies, and these are this is a genre I wish had more effect on games, uh, anyone see that new Dolomite trailer? Yes! Yes! Fuck yes! Way uh, down from the, the jungle deep! Oh, Dolomite, I, my and, man! I, I was loving that trailer until the very last second when I saw it. It's uh, Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, who are the yep. best at adapting people's lives into a fun film, like People vs. Larry Flint, Ed Wood, People vs. O.J. Simpson. And, it's like, and people who don't normally get biographies, too. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's what's great, because Rudy Ray Moore is like, I think he made, like, Dolomite, when we did the Laser Time episode of Black Exploitation, I think pound for pound, it made a shitload of money because mm-hmm. it costs nothing. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. it's been it's been watched for the, le- the, very the next 40 years. Blair Witch. But it's like way. it's like the Black Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> it fucking rules. Uh, Ed Wood's like my favorite movie and the guys who wrote that are, are writing Dolomite. And my, my only, I've watched the trailer I think 40 times now. Yep. Oh my yeah. only complaint is like, I think like I think I do a better Rudy Ray Moore than Eddie Murphy. Um, yeah, he's keeping it kind of, it, the voice is there but it's... Because fuck it up, motherfuckers, it's my game. Like, Eddie... Take it down and off. Well, it's it's like Tom Hanks's impressions. It's like you're not actually doing an impression of that person. You're just slightly changing your voice to match their mannerisms. But the more the more I watch it, they're going to make this wonderful, wonderful comedy out of this like this can-do spirit of Rudy Ray Moore making trying to his to make his own movie. I think over the course of like Mm. two years. God, I love being able to talk about this on Video Game Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, don't you wish there were more like black exploitation games? That would be yeah. yes. yes. Are a there, black are there dynamite like game? Any? They're not. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's it really. It, there's a few things slightly inspired by, but not not really. Oh my god, part. I want Shaft the game. Yeah, <gasps> I'm I sure there was one. I'm sure there was probably there a terrible was a Shaft, Shaft the game. game. You mentioned to me you've you've actually met Rudy Ray. That's true. Briefly. If we're gonna keep uh, just vamping and filling time before we actually get to the list, I can tell. Yes, I've read, met. Mr. Rudy Raymore. He was very nice. Mm. You he, did? What, yeah. what? Where? Uh, film school. <laughs> Holy shit. We were, like, we, uh, Sam and I ventured all the way uh, across town to um, a black nightclub we'd never heard of and got in line to see Rudy Raymore. 
We were the only two white guys there, and we were turned away for not meeting the dress code because, man, oh. it was like the the mid '90s, and there were people there in colors of suits I didn't even know existed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and we, we were like, "We're gonna get made fun of, man. We we can't sit in the front row of a Rudy Ray Moore show." <laughs> Look, you can, you can you can wear a suit that is teal. Bright purple, <laughs> lavender, or yellow. Those are the allowed <laughs> colors tonight. Yes, I'm here with in a lime green suit. Mm-hmm. Or or a torn t-shirt, which mm. I can understand why they turned me away. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Obviously. Yeah, you did not have a, a suit with a matching ridiculous color hat to go with it. It's all one one color. No, uh, what yeah. happened? What happened to male asymmetrical hats? I missed them. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he you just came tilt a, a hat, man. You just yeah, tilt an existing hat. It's very easy. Not like Rudy Ray Moore, man. That shit. That sh- he looked like he looked like a black strawberry shortcake in a couple of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> he, those hats were huge and puffy. Uh, <laughs> dude, I just love my first exposure to Dolomite was Robin Harris, the comedian. Oh, he would always quote. That's the, the quote I was doing earlier. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was really no business jack job, mother. Yeah, Love it. All right. I yeah. think someone pointed out, like one of like our third talk radar promo was just a big dolomite thing, like just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of dolomite sound effects. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So I've been into this for a while. I'm so fucking happy. Like I can only imagine this is how people who love Plan Nine felt when Ed Wood came out, oh, which I hadn't yeah. heard of, but I fell was... in love with that movie instantly. <sighs> yeah. I, I remember it well because mm-hmm. I'm old. Mm. Yeah. Yep, I I wore my. Uh, <laughs> we went to a midnight screening uh, for the premiere, and I was wearing a, a fuzzy Angora sweater. Nice. No one mentioned it. Aww. I was kind of let down. This looks stretched out. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've been a bit derailed tonight, so I'm gonna <laughs> bring it back around to video game movies. Starting with what the shit is this? Number five. The year 2000. America is a vast speedway. People line the streets to witness the greatest drivers on earth in a race from sea to shining sea. This is a death race. You finish first, or not at all. Uh, it says yeah. the title, you wins the money. Uh-huh. It says the title sort of out of order, but that, is that Death Race 2000? This is Death Race 2000, not the later Jason Statham. Jason? No. Jason Statham, Statham Death Race. I'm going to play the rest of that clip. Death Race 2000. Every car a deadly weapon. Every spectator a potential point. It's a cross-country road wreck, and the traffic is murder. This car sounds in puns. Yeah? Well done. Best driver on earth. I don't want you to die. He was built by the world's finest surgeons to drive the fastest car ever designed, and nothing can stop him now. Death Race 2000. (laughs) Built by the world's best surgeons to drive the fastest car. (laughs) The worst side effect of this episode is is literally a speed racer plot. Oh, these are all all super worth watching. Yeah, so so Death Race 2000. I I just watched this again last night. There's a kind of crappy SD print of it, like up on YouTube for free that someone uploaded, and it is so much fun Uh. and so stupid and so wonderful. (laughs) And it is basically what if uh, Wacky Races and or Speed Racer were real. And people were like actually trying to kill and maim each other. And yeah, real and gory. And yeah, real and gory. And uh, the, it, it wasn't just a race; it was also an attempt to score points by running over any pedestrians you find yeah. on a race from the east coast to the west coast. Yeah. 
which actually became a thing in in a video game. Carmageddon. Remember, you used to get yeah. points for well, running over pedestrians. There was not just that. There was a death race game yeah. in arcades yeah. that may or may not have been directly tied with the film, but you you would go around and run over gremlins mm. and if i remember right then when you'd run someone over like a little gravestone would appear and you'd have to avoid the gravestone because you could crash into it mm. i believe it's the first movie adaptation of a game period so wow. death race has that going yeah, for it yeah too. yeah and even though i think it was unofficial yeah, yeah. i think it, it was unofficial it, it was by exidy i think if i remember right the same people who did chiller and a bunch of other terrible games in the 80s and and they were always kind of like their whole. They were like a proto rock star. Their whole thing was just kind of pushing the envelope of mm. like what people would accept. And even though like the Death Race game was just here's a little white car running over white stick figures, and also that game is very difficult to emulate because apparently it was yes like uh, not with a microprocessor. It was, it was like oh, it's a, like light based with like steering wheels and shit. Kind of wow. yeah, mm. semi mechanical, but. Oh. Uh, Okay. Just like the hero of this movie, supposedly. <laughs> Freaking stuff. So, yeah, f- I, I just want to play this. This is a mild spoiler, but uh, this might be... <laughs> this line I'm about to play might be my favorite line in all of movie history. I know what it is, I bet. Yeah. I was going to say it. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. President Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. President Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they... If, again, if you haven't seen it, like this is basically so. Imagine a villain from Speed Racer who's basically like a prototype Darth Vader. He's very cold toward people. He's apparently the the. Why longest... do you love me? Because I kill people. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's David Carradine overacting yeah. his heart out in just like here. Here's a sample when he's meeting his navigator for the first time. We will roll, and everything seems perfect to me. I've uh, packed some high-protein capsules and as many adrenaline tablets as I could find. And I've also assembled a medical kit, just in case. I'm trained as a nurse. I don't need a nurse. I need a navigator. Mr. Frankenstein, you're very good at what you do, and I'm very good at what I do. We'll see. I think this movie might also set a, some sort of record for the number of times characters say Frankenstein. <laughs> like, more than any Frankenstein movie. <laughs> I mean, what if, what if he corrected him every time? That's Mr. Frankenstein's monster. Dude. <laughs> this was also, this was 1975. This was also an early, uh, not debut, but an early role for one Sylvester Stallone as Machine Gun right. Joe Viterbo. <laughs> Love some bitches. Frankenstein! Give it to them, Joe! What Frankenstein? I'll give it Frankenstein! Machine Gun Joe Fiturbo was basically like a cartoon mobster who wore like big pinstriped suits and uh, his car had like a Tommy gun mounted on the front of it. You don't yeah. say. A guy oh. named Machine Gun Joe Fiturbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's, that's like typecasting back when you could be racist towards Italian. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mario Cuomo. Or Chris Cuomo. Not that big a deal anymore. <laughs> so, of course, this inspired the the car combat genre, which is yes. kind of sadly a genre that's out of vogue, other than maybe kart racers a little bit. But mm. you know, yeah, they, like uh, on Rush, I think you can pick that up on Game Pass, maybe. It's, yeah, it's yeah, sort of it's like true. that. It's 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 just pure destruction, and you just you don't take you don't take the death toll into account, even though you can sometimes see the motorcyclist body fly. Yeah, on Rush uh, is weird because it's got like uh, the, the the CPU are mostly the guys you're taking out, and that's how you kind of earn stuff to get boost in those mm-hmm. races. 
Is, is well, Twisted like, Metal like not had an update in a while? Been a while. Yeah, ah. not since PS3. While. But the I think a key thing that we haven't really mentioned yet is when you kill people in Death Race 2000, what is it called? Scoring! Oh. You score someone when you run them over. And uh, there's like a whole thing about like... Uh, teenagers are worth this many points. Toddlers and infants are worth <laughs> this many points. Old people are worth more than everyone else put together. Right. And yeah. I don't what know if you people have picked up on this, but this is actually a satire. Yes, you think? It's, yes. it's yeah. extremely heavy-handed it satire. Is well, it, it is. It, it is. It's it's like I, again, I love my history with the like almost all these movies was being into games my whole life, and then discovering these movies and kind of like remarking, this is more like a game than it is like a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it has stages. But, yeah, they stop. But at again, night, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make a, a decent point ineloquently about the sci-fi of the '80s because it was at least in a, in America and in, in, to some extent the mid '70s. Uh, there was a really dour look at where we were headed. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. everybody envisioned a world with uh, much less fairness and a lot more violence and a lot more gritty. When we see sci-fi movies now, our future looks clinical and boring. Like, uh, the, the yep. biggest thing is they take our humanity. But in the 80s, it was more like, you could die on your way to work tomorrow. Oh, it's a good thing <laughs> like, we really dodged that bullet. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I, I've heard plenty of people argue that's part of what made Star Wars such a hit, is it was... Yes. It, it, seemed, it's, it looks it like a bright a, future, sort a of. more fun future. It's not... It couldn't be more... I mean, it's it very be bad more in that different. there's bad guys going around, but it's not like super clinical, we eat pills kind of future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it couldn't be more different than the only other, uh, yes, biggest sci-fi movie other than that, Planet of the Apes, which always predicted mm-hmm. travesty at the end of every human endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it did. It, it, they all end on bummers. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying that that's, that's a look at the future we don't get in movies anymore. We only well, get in we games. We sort of do, because this is also, if, if you watch it, it's very similar to in concept to Hunger Games. Yeah. No, I agree. The the participants are willing and they're not necessarily out to kill each other, but this is like there's a totalitarian government that for some reason, like you hear about like the president of the world with his summer palace in Peking, we're fighting against the hated French (laughs) who destroyed our economy. But like, yes, we've established a uh we uh system of rapid progress for the chosen few whereas all the rest of you have graciously given up comfort and and so this is like the the entertainment that this mm-hmm. this totalitarian government puts on for That's... people and also a way of culling the population yep right but i'm just saying this this version of sci-fi always had like a totalitarian government in our almost all of our modern sci-fi movies we are controlled by a corporation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep and <laughs> And, and they want to keep as many of us alive as they can, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's just strange. And I think, but I think that premise is explored to, like to death in video games. Oh yes, Death Race two thousand. I think I feel like it's an underrated movie. There was it's so worth there, there was a point. Even the remake is even the remake is pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. Eh, I haven't I haven't seen it, but uh, but this is this is just such dumb fun. Like it's it's so silly, and it's imagining a year two thousand where everybody still dresses like it's the mid seventies. Those are my favorite kind. Like there's <laughs> like not even, but like people dress like it's for a disco. But and I imagine like they, they just got whatever music was public domain because the soundtrack is mostly jazz. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
scoring a bunch of mylar lapels spread <laughs> yeah, as far well, as the eye can it's see. It's produced by Roger Corman, okay? Yes. He works on the cheap. Mm-hmm. He buys, it, you know, everything goes cheap. He gets people coming out of their, just starting their careers like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Well, uh, director Paul Bartel, RIP, mm-hmm. he was rad. The, the, and, the, uh, uh, the budgets are small, but the boobs are big when you're dealing with Corman. The boobs are big. And cinemat- <laughs> I have to be a di- total dork and say cinematographer Tak Fujimoto, who's one of the best cinematographers alive. <laughs> wow. He did, like, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> he did uh, Beloved. Yeah, he's really fucking good, and here he gets to chase around these little buggies with fucking machine guns on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, but there are scenes where it's like, where it's it's just the characters interacting in a in a room, and I I can watch this and say like, yes, all the money went to the car chases. There's mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing spent on this. Well, every yeah. in, every indoor spot looks like a convention space at a Marriott. I, I wouldn't even say that. It looks like it looks like a cardboard set. <laughs> like yeah. it's gonna fall over at any second. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the budgets went toward the car uh, the action yeah. scenes. Yeah. Uh, you know, a similar movie. Before we move on, that we talked briefly about that very similar. Also inspired car combat was Mad Max. Oh, the Mad yeah. Max movies yeah. Uh, yeah. are all about that, especially and, and, Road Warrior. Yeah, and again, it's that kind of post-apocalyptic future where cars. You know, the whole Mad Max movie trilogy is like people are fighting over gas and fuel and quadrilogy. Quadrilogy or tetralogy? Yeah. What is the right way to say? Uh, it? Oh, tetralogy. Tetralogy. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, in those movies, like car combat does factor in pretty heavily, especially in the most recent movie. It had that That's entire climactic is. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. movie's one car chase, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, and can we just say this right here, right now? Isn't it bizarre we don't have any more Mad Maxes coming our way right now? Uh, we. I thought I saw something about a possible sequel being yeah. discussed. They they did, but it was it was caught up in legal horseshit, uh, and I'll believe that when I see it. Because by the way, George Miller teased it. Fucking Fury Road for about twenty years. Oh, Jesus. And, and and but I, I did I do love to to put a to, to prove Matt's point on that. When Mad Max they did make a game out of it, um what, like a couple years ago mm-hmm. for Fury Road, it just it didn't seem awkward at all. It seemed I just remember seeing this like, yeah, this just seems like what a game should be. Yeah. And actually that Max, kind of game so well. was the genre I think took over for like straight up car combat games, which for me, might have peaked with Blur. If anyone played Blur, I still love that game, which is basically a love kart Blur. racer where, with, where you have weapons. Um, Mario Karts with Mitsubishi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Dan Amrick, one of his favorite games. Um, but no, they, that game, I think the genre that took, overtook car combat was open world games, primarily because of the success of GTA and the fact that it's like, well, now I can do anything I want to in a car in an open world mm-hmm. and, and kind of make all that stuff happen. You don't get the same kind of cool weapons or anything like that on your car, usually. You can shoot out usually. the windows. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think that's kind of the genre that has, for the most part, replaced car combat. Every, every once in a while, people will try to kickstart it, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's... It hasn't really taken in, in at least a decade. It's just not the same, man. Uh, according to Wikipedia, by the way, Carmageddon was developed as part of a Death Race 2000 license. Oh, really? Um, there you go. Yeah, in, yeah it, was, in, it was very much Death Race inspired. Yeah. Where you're was, just running people over. Yeah. And, and it's, it was supposed to, well, yeah, it was supposed to be, uh, to be a, a tie-in with a sequel to the Statham Death Race. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Carmageddon is way older than yeah, the Statham she, Death Race. Yeah, I think okay, you're talking about, I was talking about an unsuccessful kind of relaunches of the genre. Their most uh, recent Carmageddon didn't do too well. It wasn't a great game. I remember mm. previewing it at an E3 and going, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I, I think people sort of lost their stomach for a lot of games like this once graphics got better. One of the biggest uh, franchises out of this genre that no one ever talks about anymore is Road Rash. 
which mm. was just I basically this, Rash. but on motorcycles for the most part. Road Rash might be the kind most of, Mad Max game. Yeah, yeah totally. Ever. But yeah, I, I always thought like the the real potential of Death Race would be like I, I just want wanted like Rockstar or somebody to make like a, a coast to coast Death Race game, like just a full open map of the U.S. If only someone would make that, and then someone did, and it's for a totally non-violent game, so like, okay, well. Welcome to Coast to Coast Death Race Edition. I'm Art Bell, your host. <laughs> I think uh, Penn and Teller did. <laughs> he drove a bus. Uh, anyway, but yeah, Death Race 2000, go watch it. It's a lot of fun, but clearly not quite as influential as this next one. Number four. It's not the future we wanted, but the future that happened. Once a great city, now a high-security prison, designed to keep society's criminals in. But now, everything rides on getting one person out. The survival of the human race was something you don't give a shit about. And why would he? Snake? <laughs> Snake? <laughs> So yeah, uh, I think I this is dead. New York because the reason this I started is escape giggling. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Sorry, uh, the reason I was giggling mm-hmm. is I immediately started thinking of the Escape from L.A. surfing scene oh, and lost uh, my shit. I, I think of that, and all I can think of is that awful Rob Zombie song. Run, baby, run, baby, run. <laughs> but uh, so Snake Plissken, who is clearly the inspiration for Link. Yes, from, absolutely. From Legend of Zelda, <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, don't but, write your comments yet. Uh, yeah. So, but this movie, like, aside from Kurt Russell, I, I just watched it again last night. And it's like, holy shit, this had an amazing cast it for like 1981. Kurt Russell stars as Snake Plissken in John Carpenter's science fiction action classic, Escape from New York. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours. You're a free man. What if I'm a little late? No more snake plissken. When I get back, I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) With an all-star cast that includes Lee Van Cleef, Harry Dean Stanton, Isaac Hayes, Ernest Borgnine, Donald Pleasance, and Adrian Barbeau. Template yes. for the Adrian Barbobots. So, yeah, and, and yeah. talking to Michael about this, I would have given John Carpenter the all-encompassing. This man sort of created video games via what he made acceptable in his movies. No wonder he likes them so much, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's what I was just about to mention. When you read interviews with him, what are you doing now? Like I play video games all day. I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> I write music. You, you helped define them. Throughout the entire eighties, yeah, living the dream. Yeah, and apparently, I didn't. I didn't even realize until pretty recently that Revolver Ocelot from uh, from Metal Gear was based on John Carpenter's appearance, and he was like. No, I'm not going to sue. Why would I do that? I love Metal Gear. Yeah. I love Metal Gear. Yeah. I know. He's so cool. John he, Carpenter is the fucking best. And I really, I like talking about him like this before he's dead, because we should. So Escape from New York, I think this might be the first movie that I watched and said, like, oh, shit, this is Metal Gear. This is this is video games. This is a template for stealth games. It's a template for a lot of other things. Like, Matt, you made the point, like, and, and I think, Diana, you did too, of, like, it's, it's multi-stage, mm-hmm. where, like, he's moving, like, through these distinct areas of the city where completely different things happen. There are sort of themed bosses that he has to fight. Yeah. Um, but more so than like a movie needs a setting, mm-hmm. the setting of a prison colony that used to be a major city is something you see in games all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. the plot of Arkham City, for example. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you can't have a post-apocalypse without destroyed landmarks, man. I mean, you could have a yeah. post-apocalypse that takes place outside Des Moines, but why? 
You can't tell it's a post-apocalypse. You ever been to Des Moines? <laughs> <laughs> and how is it that Konami or Kojima haven't been sued, though, for mm. Snake, the character, is just Snake Fliskin. He's yeah. even Big Boss version of Snake, which is it, Venom Snake? I, I lose track all the time. Naked Snake. Naked Snake. He's got the eye patch. He's mm-hmm. got the freaking eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks like him uh, like this. I want to say, A, they were talking, but, but B, I think John Carpenter runs into the same sort of thing that befell George Romero where I don't know if all of his movies belong to him mm-hmm. um, and there's like it would it would take forever uh, it's, it's up to the companies who own the rights to this and that because you know every John Carpenter movie in the universe right now is being remade uh, in some form of being remade mm-hmm. most of them will never happen but like yeah. and he he hates it <laughs> he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like don't, don't blame give a shit about my movie they just wanted the rock to star in something uh, I'm surprised they don't make like a like they did with Dark Castle make a Dark Carpenter production company <laughs> that just focus on like grittier remakes of his movies but that'll oh, just before I, forget, before I forget Big Trouble in Little China Yes. Thank you. I was like, going to get It's like 90% of Mortal Kombat. So it's, can, well, <laughs> can we just settle something yeah. once and for all? I want, I want to establish, who are you more of an escape from New York person, a snake, or are you more of a good old Jack Burton, yeah, uh, big trouble in little China person? Well, Jack Burton. I'm a Roddy Piper and they live kind of person. Mm, okay. Yeah. okay, but that, he's but, not a Kurt Russell But here's, a, here's an important thing to understand about Jack Burton. He is not the hero. He does nothing in okay. that movie <laughs> but that's what's except great. for knock himself out and throw a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he is almost a nod to somebody probably telling John Carpenter, we can't do this with an Asian lead. It has to be a white dude. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I guess Talking what I was like getting John at Wayne. is... I'm more of a Big Trouble in Little China person because I love the wisecracking, quipping hero, Mm -hmm. kind of the lighter tone. Like, Snake Plissken is like, come on, dude. Like, come on. It's over the top, tough guy. It's It's, it's not really. It's it's too relentless in tone. Like, I'm going to kill you. It's I would call its dialogue uh, subtle compared to what's in video games today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The, but, the dialogue, this is the one thing I can say. Like The dialogue you hear in games to this day, most of it is inspired by what you see in uh, Escape from New York. Yeah. People delivering uh, exposition and the character making a useless quip at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, also, that, that, well, as long as we're talking about his useless quips, I wanted to bring up a weird running gag that goes through the whole film. You're Snake Plissken, ain't you? What do you want? I thought you were dead. Heard you were dead. I heard you were dead. Listen, Snake, I swear to God, I thought you were dead. Yeah, you and everybody else. I know who you are, but I heard you were dead. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Which means not only have they all heard of him, mm-hmm. but they've heard the follow-up information that he's dead. Yes. Mm. It's, it's not it's, just that they've heard of him. It's like how Patrick enough. Swayze is a famous bouncer in Roadhouse that yep. everyone's heard of. <laughs> they've all heard of him. Yeah. He won awards. Mm. He's dead. Well, <laughs> presumably, didn't didn't like Snake Plissken, he's like a former spec ops dude who like tried to uh, rob the National Gold Reserve or something, so that would probably make some headlines. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, but then the, the whole plot is like, okay, you need to go into this prison colony and uh, and retrieve the president, and we're gonna put these little explosive bomblets on your your uh, arteries, so that mm-hmm. if you don't do it within 24 hours, they go off and you yep. die. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You get battle royale. Also mm-hmm. a game trope because timers. Yeah. yeah. Timers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um. And I just want to point out, set in the year 1997. Yep. 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 Yes. Your most of our <laughs> listeners were born. <laughs> Which uh, is around when Escape from LA came out. I think. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Yeah. 
Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But, but I, I, I always thought just like the way this, the whole movie is structured, where you're literally moving from borough to borough or level to level in um, this dystopian setting like i didn't see another movie really do that again for uh, a couple years and i discovered this movie very late and it's so much fun yeah 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 same um but you know what it's also very similar uh this this came out in 1981 and it kind of set the template for a lot of films that followed including one that we were talking about like should it take the place of this which is rambo first blood part two Mm. which is a very similar film although it pushes a little little more on the super soldier angle, more Rambo than Sneeko, uh, <laughs> as my friend Chris Waters would have said. But yeah, Rambo does like stealth things. He also like does the thing everyone remembers Rambo for, which is screaming and shooting guns and explosions. And Which I, I usually remember the scene from UHF more than the actual <laughs> Rambo. Yes, same, same. That's what I imagine. But, right. but there's also, like, you remember the torture scene from Metal Gear Solid? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is taken precisely out of Rambo. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I think Rambo is in that wonderful period of, uh, I don't know, Republican space operas. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and it just sort of like, I, I was even looking up the body counter. Because it was a big deal in the 80s. Like, Rambo killed, you ready for this? You know how many people Rambo killed in First Blood? How many? One. Wow. Mm. You know how many people he killed? <laughs> you know how many people he killed in the second Rambo? How many? 69. <laughs> nice. <weird> number. <laughs> And and then and then moving on to 130 and then 230, but like Whoa. the shirtless killing machine, it, it I swear it made us all okay with the level of on-screen violence, even though mm-hmm. it was cutesy and kind of cartoony. Uh, I, I do feel like Rambo sort of paved the way for that, and it's the basis for the Contra cover, which yes. is <laughs> just sort of like its its own video game trope in and of itself. Yeah, it's it's well, the Contra cover is Stallone in Rambo and uh, Schwarzenegger in Predator. Predator, and yeah. and and also like another argument for Rambo is that like there were so many games in the '80s that were just straight up Rambo knockoffs uh, with like just yep. walk through a jungle killing everybody with with yeah. a fucking headband and no shirt. Like uh. even even Solid Snake is a bit of a Rambo. Rambo knockoff. If you remember at the beginning of Metal Gear Solid, like the colonel goes and tracks him down in the Alaskan wilderness where he just wants to live with his sled yeah. dogs. Like yeah. that's a very Rambo well, thing. Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Like, uh-huh. That's straight up Rambo. He's in the jungle. Mm-hmm. He's eating snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Snake eating. Hence the title. Yeah. Right. It's right there. Exactly. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and, and you first blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. But yeah, no, it's a very very influential movie, uh, I, especially with the stealth thing. I hadn't thought of the stealth thing until you mentioned it, but absolutely. He's kind of creeping around yeah. from bro to bro, and, and it's like, oh, you can straight up see how this inspired Kojima. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally, you could tell, he watched this movie, and it's like, oh, absolutely. that's going to be like my next game. He and everyone else in Japan in the 80s, apparently. <laughs> and, that's, and I just found that so weird, because Rambo 2, I think, inspired so many games in the 80s. And Rambo 1 is kind of inspiring games now. Well, it, it's it's so the weird. Kind, the kind of crafting in the woods and setting up traps. Yeah, and yeah. Tower Defense right there. Rambo 1 yeah. is Tower Defense. <laughs> a, a little bit. But yeah, yeah like whatever the, the Predator game is going to take shape as, if it's anywhere as like authentic as the Friday 13th game, now on Switch, mm. um, yeah. 
yeah, it has to be like that. It's something we could only get to with a greater form of technology. But going right and shooting, Rambo made that okay for everyone. <laughs> well, you, you talk about Rambo you, for the NES. That was oh, awful, man. You talk about like Seriously? games going back to watch a thing and being disappointed. Like if you only ever saw Rambo two and three, and then try to go back and watch one, it oh, is. It's a very. It's different a very movie. different. Mm. It's, well, it's a little bit like, it's like Ro- how say, Rocky one is different yeah, than Rocky yeah. two. And, and, and then that's so strange that his his biggest series in the eighties, like they both took the same trajectory where it's like, we're gonna start with this uh quiet character study of a damaged person and like Rocky one, he's basically Popeye. Like if you listen to him talk, he's like this constant stream of pattern. Of a giant cartoon, yeah. Character. A, not only a, a cartoon character, a patriotic cartoon <laughs> character. You know, okay. I saw a thread today. I wanted to ask you guys. Someone was saying that video games, as a whole, like big AAA, they, they made sure to clarify afterwards, mm-hmm. are very conservative. And I would hold that is not as true as it was. But back in the '80s, when you look at like those games, like they're like, yeah, we're gonna drop it, Akari Warriors. We're dropping dudes in the middle of a jungle because we're gonna liberate this nation. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, that was very Reagan policies right there in action. Yeah, but, it, but it was also courtesy of Japan thinking yeah. of what we wanted based on the movies, like a game liked, that just came out, saw. Metal Wolf Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they, they kind of took that the other way with Guerrilla War, where you're playing as Fidel Castro and Che Guevara. <laughs> I, th- I think that article was half right, even though I didn't read it. I only saw the headline. I think it's half right and uh, half stupid because because games are middle of the road mostly That's, and don't yeah. really want to make a point. And, yeah. and, and and only like the case of like Spec Ops the line do they like have you regret anybody you shoot. But really, the idea is to have a shooting gallery, and yeah. the more authentic you make that location, mm-hmm. the more it looks like something right wing, even though. They, they brush up against stuff and pull back. And looking at you, Far Cry uh, Far Cry 5. And indie games um, are super liberal. Like, play Night in the Woods. Talk to me after you play uh, that. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. No, they're not, they're not conservative because they don't make a liberal point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. absence of a liberal point doesn't make them conservative. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, on that note, <laughs> let's move on to something. Com- I promise I wouldn't grandstand anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, though? Number three. These are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can, Can you, you dig, dig it? it? <laughs> Cyrus! The Furies. <laughs> the Boppers. <laughs> the Hi-Hats. <laughs> the Lizzies. <laughs> the Turnbull ACs. <laughs> the Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! Yeah! Which one was the Oshkosh Bagosh Mime Gang? Was that the, the hi-hats? I forget. I think it's the hi-hats. I just realized those are all drug names. The best conversation I ever had was Michael pointing out my very first publication spelling error. Oh, no. I misspelled the Turnbull ACs as the Trunchbull ACs. I'm like, you're, uh, thinking yes. of the, you're thinking of the bitch in Matilda. Yeah. I'm like, I like working here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're so, having an argument over a spelling of a Warriors mm-hmm. game. So it's, it's interesting that you put Warriors and Escape from L.A. right next to each other. because they, New York. New York. Oh, sorry. Credit words, Escape Steve. from New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they're incredibly similar. Like, you could yeah. probably just have one and... 
put in something else because they're both May. about making your way across LA and coming up upon stages again. New York. Ah, did I say LA again? I guess one's about making it to your home borough. Yeah, that's well, but you have to make it across. The opposite was up rockers, a fantastic Larry Clark movie. That's the opposite. It's about skateboarding Mexican kids trying to get out of the suburbs before they're murdered or or fucked to death by housewives. And it's it's the opposite of the Warriors. It's fantastic. Well, it, it, Maybe I'm vaguely confused because Michael thought about swapping in a different Walter Hill movie, Streets of Fire, entirely yeah. because of Willem Dafoe's duck ass hair. Yeah, and I was and, like, and no, by, by the no way, one saw Streets Japan, of Fire except that it is fantastically stupid. Yeah, when we go to Japan on the on the karaoke machine, are extended versions of Streets of Fire songs. So that definitely <laughs> influenced games too. Yeah, no, it was it was a huge influence. Like, un- basically unremembered in the U.S., but hugely no, popular in Japan. Well, that it's terrible. That that duck ass hairdo. As I told you, like every time you see like a stereotypical biker character in anime or manga, like he they look like that. Like like a mm. weird leathery teddy boy, possibly wearing a school uniform with with the jacket <laughs> open keep... to be really rebellious. I want to read everything Walter Hill has to say about movie making because the Warriors. I I'm pretty sure it's always in my top five movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. it's a damn solid. I, movie. I think the reason this gets its own entry compared to Escape from New York is actually I will say this it's, I think it's more people's perception of the Warriors versus the reality when you watch the movie uh. it is actually a stealth movie they're sneaking most mm-hmm. of the time and uh, trying to true. avoid fight but I think people remember the Warriors true, as man. they bop they bop on. I think people remember the Warriors as constant gang fights all the yes. time which this I would say inspired the entire beat em up genre yes. like if you think Final right. Fight you look it's at the Warriors Double you know? Dragon Renegade like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not just that it's you're, you're going around beating up themed games combat tribes crime fighters whatever but it's streets of rage I, I, final fight like they're all yeah i say they all owe a debt to the warriors and if the warriors had like a little line that showed you where they were traveling it would just be a video game yeah. mm-hmm. but i say renegade and double dragon specifically because they actually copied the outfits that the warriors wear mm-hmm. which is just the leather vests with yeah. usually with no shirt and uh, also interesting because they're inappropriately Indian themed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's different from like this was actually based on a novel, uh, The Warriors, which in which the I think the gang was uh, all black in that one, and they were called the Coney Island Dominators, and they were a lot worse than these guys in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of not good. the crimes they yeah. commit and the people they victimize, but then that itself is based on an ancient Greek story, Anabasis, where there's like. This this group of like fifty thousand Greek mercenaries or something like that who have to fight they they get st- stranded in the middle of Persia and they ha- and their leader dies and they have to fight their way back. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which brings us to the unofficial sequel, Attack the Block, which yes. should have had its own fucking video game. Yes, it should have. <laughs> Why didn't it? Mm-hmm. But the the Warriors to me is a, I mean, warts and all, a perfect film. And yes, mm-hmm. there are many problems with it especially in the modern day yeah but uh, uh like Ajax just in the terms of levels leave mercedes well, rule alone yeah. <laughs> levels zones and like entire color scheme changing mm. and yeah. like and, and i remember when when rockstar announced they were making a warriors game and that's when it clicked with me like of course mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what this the gta series has been the whole mm-hmm. time it's bringing like, it around color-coded neighborhoods with a yeah. radio that tells you what to do uh, like it, it, of course, Rockstar is taking inspiration oh, yes. from the war. The radio that tells you what to do. All right. right now, for all you bumpers out there in the big city, 
all you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Ritz. It's a special for the Warriors. That's that real live bunch from Coney. And I do mean the Warriors. Here's a hit with them in mind. I'm playing Nowhere to Run to, nowhere baby. To run to, baby. <laughs> yeah, so... There was so much head-bopping going on in this room right now. I just have so I, yeah, there's out. a lot of crosstalk. Mm-hmm. When are yeah. you talking at a time? Go ahead, Chris. I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you would have seen all of us in this room right now, we were all bopping our heads to that radio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In yeah. And I'll give 500 bags of flash for Carmen San Diego Scout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this Same is a, a dystopian, like, grimy 70s type thing where the gangs are so much in charge that they have their own radio stations with professional DJs like Lynn Thigpen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, it's... it's uh, I think they make the point in here of like just how many gang members there are in the city, which yeah. Cyrus talks about at the beginning. And these are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops. <laughs> And a hundred thousand sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the warriors. Hundred thousand. Gramercy City. What? The Gramercy Riffs? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Just like to point out, second entry in a row that had an amazing synth soundtrack in the Mm -hmm. background right there. Well, I, I was going to say for like both Escape from New York and the Warriors, you can see the influence in game soundtrack. I wish Brett was here to talk more eloquently about it, but like what game soundtracks ended up being in games that were influenced like this they all sound like these soundtracks yeah and i i own this soundtrack on fucking vinyl and i listen to it way too often Hipster. it kind of sounds like a zombie movie soundtrack with a little bit more of a beat to it yeah with a little disco in there Mm -hmm. and uh, joe walsh for no reason at the end (laughs) wow (laughs) but but somewhere out on the and talking about the, uh, the, the levels, the palette changes, like yeah. the, the fir- their first real opponents are the orphans who are like this, <laughs> this weak ass gang that almost lets them go without a fight. They're like, the glass Joe of this Exactly. Game. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Look at that. They don't so much have merit badges as they have stains on their shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they're all, all dressed army, like they're, they're dressed in all army surplus. And these are all beautiful touches. And I know it's silly to see baseball players and face paint but i think like walter hill wasn't meaning to make something reflective of society or the future it's like set now mm-hmm. yeah. in 1979 yep. uh but but people fucking freaked out including gang members <laughs> is this what our future is fucking cool yeah hundred thousand of us we could take over the country. i think great in, in, in new york city in that era like you could understand why they would want yeah. to yeah. yeah i think this uh, the, the movie was probably heavily in- inspired by Clockwork Orange as well, which had mm, kind of the themed yeah. gangs yeah. matching outfits walking around. And- yeah, but uh, but it all, like, beginning with that encounter with the orphans, it all escalated slowly with tougher and tougher gangs until they fought the final boss. Warriors, come to play! Okay, possibly the least menacing final boss. <laughs> like, this is some like Sean Penn looking ass dude. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> me and me, with, Sean with Penn from Twin Peaks. 
I was just playing around. <laughs> not, not, not to harp on too much of what I ranted about last week, but the entire beautiful gang system of the Warriors is brought down by a single gun, mm-hmm. and it turns this idiotic game in, into the big bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, just one guy has a gun. Also. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. This well, is it, America, yeah. and they, for the game, they had to give this more of a final boss feel because mm-hmm. in the movie, I'm, I don't want to call it anticlimactic, but you know. Let's just say it doesn't culminate with this huge gang fight there on the beach. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they prove their innocence. There is there is like no big fight on the beach. That's yeah. what I love about. Yeah, it. they just prove their innocence. One of my in the other memories game. of the, the credits of the Warriors. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Or the Gramercy. You get to see the Gramercy riffs beat the shit of this little Sean Penn. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kick him around in a circle while Joe Walsh is in the city play. Well, the movie it's it's heavily implied they do more than just beat the shit out of him. It's, oh yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a, he's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the end of Freaks, man. You know they do something bad. Yeah. But the Lizzies get to go on another day, destroying yeah. men. I, <laughs> yeah! love, I love, I love the Lizzies as like this embedded fucking inglorious bastard, <laughs> like um, hyper conniving, like oh seductresses. But they were a gang the whole time. You fucking cocksure asshole! <laughs> you didn't even know. Brought down by your dicks again, and it wasn't just Ajax. Nope. <laughs> Uh, this is this is the movie that kind of made me love James Remar. Like, even though his character is objectively horrible, like he's, he's terrible. He's uh, so his fun first to line watch. is is fucking. It, you can't. I I wish I could say yeah. it, but I love it. It's <laughs> unrepeatable. Just watch the movie. Um, What's the matter? You gun? Yeah, yeah. Mm. We know which one you mean. Watch the movie, oh. then go play Double Dragon mm-hmm. and uh, Streets of Rage. Little little double feet, triple feature and, there. And that's the thing. Like when play I watched, the the, I remember when like oh. people. I, I've seen like YouTubers like make fun of the Warriors. Oh, a gang of baseball players with painted faces? Like, no one batted an eye in video games when this happened. No. Ever. Ever. Like, no one wears a shirt in Double Dragon. No. <laughs> um, it, no one. No. And, like, and, and you don't bat an eye because movies help, it's, like, ingrain those tropes as something acceptable. And The Warriors wasn't even all that popular. But, like, uh, I, I think it... Because it, uh, they pulled back on the release because I think there was a gang incident in a movie theater when it came out. Oh. oh so yeah. people got hyper cold feet. Not like that's why I Matt I've never drawn a comparison to Clockwork Orange, but it's hella apt. Uh but I think it slowly found its audience by cape. I remember seeing it edited on TBS. Wow. Like, what the fuck is <laughs> what a this? terrible oh, way to watch that. That's a good thing they added the, the octopus scene back in though. I mean that's really made the movie. <laughs> What's the matter you going the fucking Franklin? tarantula scene? <laughs> <laughs> This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And like I said about The Iron Giant, uh, 30, 2010, a week or so ago, uh, if you don't like this movie, we can't hang. Mm. Can't hang. One of those movies that I knew all the references well before seeing the movie. I didn't see the movie until much later in life. And probably my my first exposure to the reference from this movie, other than video games, which I didn't know, was Shaq after winning the championship for the Lakers, standing in front of the people of Los Angeles. (laughs) Can you dig it? I believe. Oh, nice. I believe he. Uh, I Cyrus sued the game. Yeah, he, because they made they made it. I think they used his likeness without permission. Oh, oh I think they used the his, his audio from the movie. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and like, and, but that's that's the thing we're, we're sort of not talking about. Unlike everything else, I think we'll talk about on this list, which had games made out of it. But like when you played the Warriors game, it is perfect. Yes. Yeah. It is perfect, and it, and it fleshes out everything yeah. all in all the right way. It's basically, it starts several months before the events of the movie, so you play through all these original things, and then the actual events of the movie are like the final stages of the game, and it's just like this crashing finale that works so beautifully. 
Mm-hmm. And that it's, it's one of it's 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 it, that and Friday the Thirteenth are the best yeah. movie games I've ever but, played, and I can't believe it's still available. Yeah. you can still buy yeah. the Warriors you can buy it on PS4, it's, I think. Well, I, and I think it might be backwards compatible on Xbox One, maybe. Oh, that could be. I, I know I know I've definitely seen it on PlayStation, and it's usually mm-hmm. I see it on sale all the time for like seven dollars. It's yeah. like wow, yeah, yeah. Very, very that, and that's that's to its credit, like what we're talking about. It is so much like a game when they translate it as to a game as authentically as possible. Mm-hmm. It just made all the sense in the universe and like it was it it, unlike mad max was very well reviewed (laughs) well and i will say as we learned last week with the ducktail story if you haven't played this game at least go buy it because it is a licensed game so that means it's not going to be available forever it's it's somewhere between 7.99 and 15 bucks and it's so well worth it for it god i love the warrior so much Mm. All right. Well, as as awesome as the Warriors is, and as much as I'd love to talk about it forever, I think we could argue that this one is art is more influential. Number two. In the year two thousand seventeen, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice: hard time or prime time. Sensational, perfect contestant. I want him. What is this? Oh, God. We, we always talk about this movie is the perfect video game. This is mm-hmm. The Running Man. He must pay or play The Running Man. On your mark. I'll be back. <laughs> the highest rated TV show in history. Because they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Uh, this this and Death Race have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. In that, oh, like, yeah. They're both yeah, satires. Yeah, dystopian yeah. future where murder has become the, the most popular form of entertainment. Yeah, mm-hmm. But then, like we were talking about with uh, Death Race and also with Escape from New York. Thank got you. it right this time. <laughs> um, there's totalitarian governments, but this one is ahead of its time because it's more like the totalitarian systems now. It's corporate, not mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. they're kind of they're working together, but really it's the corporation yeah. that has all the. Well, power. and the reason yeah. he is going through the whole Running Man thing is is he's at the beginning of the movie he refuses to gun down innocent civilians yeah. mm-hmm. for the government, and they hand him over as, to as to a the cop, guy. and yeah. then they. I think uh, they they pin it on him. They say like, no, he's actually the one who did it. Right, right. Because yeah, yeah the people in the helicopter with him actually they, they kind of restrain him, kill all the, c- the civilians, and, and then oh, yeah, he did. blame it on him. Yeah. Yep. And then so he's got to go into not the Hunger Games and not Death Ray Two Thousand, but a little of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's got to go well, it, little of both, but with be- better I, I level bosses. Yeah. Like this. Right. I think yeah. this is where this is where I think a ton of games got the idea of bosses and mid bosses. Mm-hmm. That wasn't. That really wasn't that, like I can. I'm, I'm thinking of like, well, what's a boss? Usually, you just encounter a structure at the end of an area that maybe you shoot mm-hmm. at, yeah. or yeah. Mario jumps over Bowser. But I, like, other than like Mega Man, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that most games had bosses when this movie came out. This, this movie has a lightning boss, Lightning yeah. Man. We are all thinking of Dynamo. <laughs> does. He's the he's the fat opera singing Lightning Man. He's yeah. great, and I always call him Jim Sterling, and, and only because he tweeted he he would like to play him in the yes. remake. And I just thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Bichongas. in my life. Yeah, this this also had a uh, a, a boss named Sub Zero. Here is Sub Zero. Now. Plane Zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's th- it's the best. this is 
He knew this movie. I, I swear to Christ, I wish I could go back to a time when this movie wasn't good because it's entertaining every single yes. second. Mm-hmm. I, he's he's also reached peak Arnold, where he's self aware. He's mm-hmm. self referential and self aware. Like all the the quips and puns, he knows that people have kind of been making fun of those from the other movies, and this movie just leans into it so heavily. It's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we heard it at the beginning. It's short. It's short lived, but he in this this and one other movie. It was just assumed Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, "I'll be back" in every movie. Yeah, yeah. and I I can't believe they used that in the trailer. <laughs> it was pretty pretty impressive. Was it after stabbing the dude with the pen in the back? He says that. Too. No, I think no, that's he gets in the he gets in the little bobsled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which I think happens. Yes, after he stabs the dude in the back yeah, with yeah, the pen because he, he has to sign he has like to a sign release his waiver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and so, but but this also has uh, Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom, who has an aerobics workout video. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and one of, one of the bigger scourges of the 1980s. Yeah, uh, the yeah. aerobics craze. Oh man, looking at you, Jane Fonda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, don't forget to wear those tights as high up on your hi- on your thighs as you can. I mean, really, just right? Your, remember, your ladies, hips. your thighs start at your armpits. Yeah, this was one uh, doing the show 302010, where we look back on uh, this week in pop culture 3020 and 10 years ago. This was one of the ones where it's like, this movie plays better now than it did then. Because mm, right. it yes. becomes more right. of a satire for these. This and Robocop were the two that was like, oh my god, this got better with age. Yes. Yeah, it's it's so, so, so much fun. And like, granted, we didn't get to the history. However, we do have reality-based entertainment that's almost solely focused on the unhappiness of other people. Mm-hmm. We it's, love it's that. not <laughs> It's not quite delighting in their murder, but it is schadenfreude. Right. Well, if you want to watch yes. grown men kill each other on TV, just watch professional football. And I, oh, while we were and talking, I'm saying that as a fan. It's, uh, yeah. I found a slow form of homicide. I found the commercial for Captain Freedom's workout tape. <gasps> Ooh. Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. Yes, it's America's own Captain Freedom. That's the ticket. No pain, no gain. So, when you hear the tone, control your jealousy and leave your message. (laughs) Guaranteed to help you defeat the Jewish lizard people. (laughs) Breathe through chemtrails. The government doesn't want you to watch this movie. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Boy. But I think the first time I actually heard the Running Man mentioned, like, I, I wasn't aware of it in the 80s for whatever reason, but, like, when Smash TV came out, like, I was reading about it in EGM, yes. and they referenced Running Man heavily. And I was like, well, what's mm-hmm. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, Smash TV Yeah, because there. Smash TV was the idea of, like, it's a game show of death. <laughs> and that, that's, and that's, that's it ripped like, off the RoboCop line and, like, the, I'll, buy, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a direct ripoff. But one of the things we didn't say that this inspired uh, was the violent video game disguised as a game show, hmm. which is something we still see all the time. Like I just saw, like Monday Night Combat is getting pulled off of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I was just getting pulled off of a uh, Game Pass or like SOS that we streamed semi recently. But like, it's it's a game thing we've seen a lot. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Running Man. Uh, b- by the way, based on a story on uh, by Stephen King that he was too ashamed to put his own name on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yet still hates this movie. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. He hates, he a hates lot of most of his adaptations. His, yeah. yeah. Even though they're often better than his stories. He likes the new It. I heard he does like oh, the that's new good. It. That's good. I think he wrote a scene for the second movie or 
he he advised them on the scene or something. Was it the, was it the one that redacted the orgy scene at the end? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Stephen King, Stephen was, King way was on horny. too much He's coke to care that much about it, his movies being adapted. But this this is this might be one of my this might be my top three Stephen King adaptations. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Obviously, you got Shinning in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Misery. I'm, I'm a Shawshank boy, and oh, I love yeah. Stand oh, by Me. Stand by Me. Yeah, I'm a Stand by Me oh, guy. Uh, yeah. There was a pie eating contest at work the other day, oh, no. and the whole time I was just like, "Stand by me, stand by me." I wanted them. Yeah, Lord, yes, Lord. I wanted. I couldn't say that to my boss up on stage there, but well, you, you could do the the TV edit, which I've seen a TV edit where Lord, they just go, "Lord, Lord, 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 Lord." I think you're all forgetting Lawnmower Man. Which, speaking of satires that have aged well, it's not one of them. It's about a video game, though. Kind of. That's true. Kind of. Kind. Yeah, sort of. Running Man is one of those things that, like, I wish Rockstar cared enough to like make a twenty dollar downloadable. Like, they could make the perfect, the perfect Running Man game Mm -hmm. Uh, without, like, what? What's the guy, uh, the game show guy in the in the movie? Uh, Richard Dawson. Yeah. So that's that's crazy. That's like if you made a dystopian movie about a murderous game show and cast Alex Trebek. That (laughs) happened here. It happened, and and he was the host of the Family probably, Feud, probably the best yeah. actor in the movie. Like he totally, actually, yeah. he acts, mm-hmm. he acts the shit out of this movie. Yeah, like well, he's, 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 he's a professional actor, game like show on, host, uh, playing like a professional game show host. Yeah, he'd been on Hogan's Heroes, but he was known for doing Family Feud for like twenty years. He was he yeah. was the Family Feud guy, and then to have him in this where he is so smarmy and so yeah, good at yeah. it. Hmm. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, you really yeah, want to get him gross. blown up at the yeah. end. It's like, oh, fuck you, fuck your stupid hair, fuck your face. Yeah, a, a fucking hyper eighties infused, but also like a uh, adult or Dark Souls approach to bosses, because mm. everybody should be super hard, and you have to kill them in creative ways. Yeah, I thought you were going to say you have to roll a lot. Which well, I think he Arnold's does. not going to be able to do that. He's <laughs> <laughs> not even good at running. Yeah, yeah. And it's but, in the title, it, of the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's all puzzle bosses, man. But like, but seriously, like, I I, I think um, I could peg a lot of this, a lot of this on wrestling. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because every time you meet somebody, they have like entrance themes uh-huh. and like signature moves. But like, these would go on to be things that informed pretty much every game you play. And every time you encounter a boss in fucking, I don't know, like, a, let's say, a Dead Rising, like mm. it's it's. They're given the same treatment in Running Man in 1987. Yeah, big intro, mm-hmm. big reveal, um, big reveal. Mm-hmm. The music, people, but then also people applauding and watching at home. It's so fucking sadistic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Love this movie. Uh, well, yeah, this next one, I feel like it might be cheating a little bit because it kind of breaks the B movie mold that we've been going with up until now. Oh, Gamer but- with Gerard Butler. Is that yes, it's Gamer with Gerard Butler, <laughs> the fantastically influential movie that everyone loves and remembers. Listen to this I, I wonderful make line. I my own Animal Crossing that's just the wizard. <laughs> me, me, me collecting NES games on my way to dinosaurs in California. Listen to this wonderful line from Gerard Butler's Gamer. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back. But to wipe them out. That's the plan. Yep. Okay. That's what okay, we're going to do. So this is Aliens. You fucking we, liar, we, we, then, we skipped over then one movie. Well, I, we have to mention, I, I thought we were going to 
talk about it eventually, but Commando is also kind of related to the Rambo movies earlier. Yes. But this is... God, Commando is so good this is in, term, in, in terms of ham-fisted video game storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But this, this, this movie has a shades of Commando because this took Alien, which is actually like a... a Kind of a horror. It's a it's a it's sci-fi a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, exactly. This became well now now add action. Now it's a movie. zombie it's movie a, in space. Yeah. So this is or Alien. A Vietnam movie in space. Yeah, yeah. A movie too. that one of its most famous quotes, which you might have here, uh, from Bill Pullman, not Bill Pullman. Bill uh, Bill Paxton, I think you mean. Oh. We're just left here holding our dicks. Game over, man. It's game <laughs> over. Right there, big video game so, reference. Yeah. Not only. Is that a video game reference in and of itself? But the first time that I heard it was actually like in a Doom wad, I think. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I used to set that up uh, anytime my computer had an error. It would just go, Game over, man! Game over! Yeah, I think a friend of mine did that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember Tyler Nagata was doing something for a feature and he was like loading up the original StarCraft and like so much of the dialogue, or at least like the situations, were just. Clearly from aliens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are they on an express uh, elevator to hell going down? I have more trailer. They cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. There's movement all over the place. Five meters, man. Four. Aliens. This time, it's war. Yeah. No one played smarmy asshole turned dipshit coward like Bill Paxton. Yeah, though, right? he was the best. <laughs> I always have to give a special shout out, though, to Paul Reiser. He one of the best. fantastic. That dude was yeah. just a comedian straight off of My Two Dads, and it's one of the... Mo the best depictions of a wormy corporate dude. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, imagine if your only uh, experience with Paul Reiser is watching like reruns of Mad About You, and then you went yes. and watched Aliens. <laughs> well, well, I like, think Stranger Things could have been a great two. actor if he wanted. Oh, to. Yeah. Stranger Things season two was channeling this Paul Reiser, which mm -hmm. it, it was kind of leading you to believe, no, he's the big bad the whole time. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the only thing I just thought about is in terms of like, what year did this come out? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. Eighty six. Like in terms of, remember we we would always we would always talk about like how video game sequels were. Too too afraid to do the same thing twice and end up becoming completely different in different genres. Mm -hmm. Alien and Aliens is the only movie I can think of that like switches genres. Yeah. I think, I think to its discredit because Alien, the first Alien is a perfect horror movie with a terrible looking Alien. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the second movie is a fucking action war movie with fantastic looking aliens and yeah. unbelievable effects. And I believe the second movie we talked about written by James Cameron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Rambo and 2. Walter Hill. Walter Hill. Walter Hill. Oh, yeah. From, uh, yeah. From Warriors. But I feel He's like in addition to being immensely influential on the Japanese game industry in the 80s, like you can see this pretty much Anything that has any sort of alien theme, like you, you'll see, like art that's very clearly heavily influenced by H.R. Giger. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You will you will often see straight up ripoffs of the alien. Contra. You see a lot of those in Contra. Yeah, Contra is one hundred percent like. It, you know, it goes from like you're fighting soldiers in the jungle, like in Predator, to like now you're aliens are jumping at you. Now you're in like. H.R. Giger Nightmare yeah. Hell Contra, Contra oh, is like 10% flat top, 90% xenomorph. Mm. Like yes, it's, yes. So, dude, uh, 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 the end of Mega Man 2, where Dr. Wily becomes a <laughs> fucking xenomorph that you can only yes. kill with bubble lead. Yes, with the most useless <laughs> weapon in the game. <laughs> what about 
But, I mean, there's kind of a video game element inside the movie, and I'm thinking about the little proximity meter that they have. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, yeah. Isn't that, if, that's basically everyone's pop-up display in any video Beautiful. game ever. That is a yeah. great comparison. I'm so glad Diana's here. That, that's the, that's <laughs> the Halo, well, even the Halo radar. radar. Halo radar basically copies that because it's like you don't see the dot the entire time. It kind of mm-hmm. pulses in and out mm-hmm. only when they move. And, mm-hmm. and like we said about uh, some of the other entries here, when Aliens was finally made into a good game, all of its in-canon weaponry and arsenal and equipment perfectly adapted to it. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Well, here's another huge trope that's in lots of video games. How do you fight the final boss in Aliens? Or how did Ridley mm-hmm. fight the final boss in Aliens? She gets uh, in a giant fucking mech suit and, and evens the odds. Yep. Get away from her, you bitch! You bitch. But, but yeah, I think that also just the, the fighting against relentless, dangerous odds, like that was something you saw a lot of games really ramp up mm-hmm. in the 80s. I, th- I think you could argue that like this influenced the survival horror genre, as we mm-hmm. know it, where you're fighting a bunch of zombies. Yeah. Um, well, actually, a, a hate, trend this year that we've been this, talking about is influenced... the swarms. Remember, swar- swarms in games keep happening, like Days uh, yeah, Gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. of just like fighting streams of enemies coming through things. Because yeah, finally, just, the, they the, move the, like liquid. Yeah, well, finally, like systems are powerful enough to throw so many enemies at you, and that's straight up aliens mm-hmm. with an S is like, yeah, you got to, you know, you're gunning down yeah. literally hundreds, if not thousands, of these but, creatures. I mean, you can draw a direct line to so many video games. I think, I think even Doom, you can say, like, was yes, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. inspired by aliens. Yeah. Well, it was like hell comes to space, and yeah. in many yeah, ways, yeah. that's what aliens is. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. and I, I, I don't want to throw. Uh, our 302010 partner, Sarah, into the bus. She's not here. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the things I just decided not to say. We talked about the abyss, mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. w- like on a recent 302010. And Sarah's like, eh, I thought the group of characters was kind of cliched. And what I was thinking is that, like, well, that was actually something sort of defined by James Cameron. Mm-hmm. He does like, that a lot, yeah. 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 The multicultural group of uh, roughnecks that quip back and forth to you like I don't know like other than like straight up Vietnam movies where like the the stakes were different like this this formulated the dialogue you hear from your squad to this day in every shooter only mm-hmm. improved upon and perfected in yeah. Armageddon where no, you talk about the, the rowdy yeah. group of roughnecks well so in I, some ways I mean you I can think, say that goes back to World War 2 movies yeah, and where, where it's like, always like Cookie and Brooklyn Joe. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is... The farm you, kid you, who just wants to get to back to Betty Sue. Hey, Sarge, yeah. you want to take a look at a picture? Oh, God, he's been shot! <laughs> I was going to say, you know that this is a very diverse cast of characters because they're all white dudes from different neighborhoods of New York. <laughs> and, and there's Tex from Arizona. And Arizona from Texas. <laughs> and Ricardo Montalban. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a reference to a specific World War II movie. You should really? all see Battlegrounds. Wonderful. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it sounds so like we'll be talking about the new release snow. segment. They're exactly. In the, they're in the middle of the battle of the bulge, but he's so happy because he's never seen snow. And then the Jerry's got him. Oh, no. Ricardo. You've played Player Known's Battlegrounds. Now play Ricardo Maltoban's <laughs> Battlegrounds. <laughs> Smiles, everyone. Smiles. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, everything about the pacing of Aliens is sort of the pacing adopted by modern games. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. hard to remember 100%. going into Aliens and and not knowing that the Queen is coming. Mm-hmm. But th- those are the kind of stakes that didn't really happen yeah. in movies. Final giant boss fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
Mm-hmm. You're not only meeting a giant boss, it's the boss that created everything else and is way stronger than everything you barely survived up until this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a general principle of video games. And, and I don't know, man. I, I don't even know if I'll even be able to explain it, but Aliens belongs at number one because every... Even like when I play, I was playing like horde mode in Gears. Like mm-hmm. it reminded yes. me of Alien. Yes, yeah. You could even say like over time, over the course of the Alien movie franchise, the whole thing with Xenomorphs is they adapt, right? They adapt mm-hmm. and get more deadly, and yep. that's kind of what games always have to do from level to level or from game to game is is raise the stakes. It's like ah, yeah, that that gun you had in level one is not going to do well in yeah. level ten. And they no. they adapt to what you, the protagonist, is doing. Mm-hmm. You can't just run through with the same strategy over and over and over, um, like. In Aliens, it's actually a cut scene where they're basically they're testing the guns and making the guns. They have automatic guns and they're making them run out of ammo. They're they're fucking with them, mm-hmm. which they just referenced on Archer, yeah. and it blew me the fuck away. <laughs> they recreated the scene, and I'm like, oh my god, that's like that cut scene from Aliens. And uh-huh. Michael's like, huh? And I'm like, that's exactly. It. And then well, they no, made I, a joke I knew about it. I knew the scene, but like I didn't realize it had been cut. For yeah. whatever Can reason. I just say you said cutscene and I immediately went yeah. to video game uh, cutscene. Yes. I didn't know you were saying an actual uh, cut cutting room floor well, scene of a movie. Like when we were talking about the abyss, like I, I think if you've experienced aliens mostly on, for lack of a better word, home video. Don't get mad at me, kid. <laughs> um, it, you've had a billion director's cuts mm. and a lot of reinserted scenes. Like when I watched the abyss this week, it's like. This isn't the one I've seen a thousand times. Chris, can you can you uh, satisfy a bit of headcanon for me? Just a little fanfic here. Can you give me James Mason in the abyss? <laughs> Crossover with 20,000 leagues under the sea. It's impossible to breathe under the water. Oh, the rat did it? <laughs> yeah, okay. And scene. <laughs> Thank you. God, that's a disturbing scene. We talked about 30, 20, 10 oh, this week. So they, cool. they, they seemingly drown a rat in front of you, but it's actually the technology the movie's talking about and you've never heard of in 1989. It does exist. Yes. You can breathe liquids underwater. It's like the friggin' LCL from uh, Evangelion. Which nobody exactly. nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking nope. about. Nope. I've seen Avon. That was an anime reference, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the penguin who lives in the apartment? Yes. <laughs> yes. The penguin is named Evangelion. <laughs> when the penguin appears, you should elbow the person next to you and say, that's Evangelion. <laughs> and he plays a bright pink Mega Drive. Michael, <laughs> we know that wouldn't happen. There's no one next to you when you're watching Evangelion. You're right. <laughs> You watch those things sad alone. I, I think people wish Evangelion confirm. had a bigger yeah. influence on video games, but it doesn't. Because it's batshit crazy. I think, I think video games were very well developed by the time Evangelion came around. Also, right, that was late I, I, 90s. That's, that's true. Like this, this is all stuff that came around in gaming's formative years. Like mm-hmm. What we think of gaming was just really beginning to take shape, and it took the shape of these movies... And it's just kind of been that way ever since. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think anime did inspire a lot of 80s games. But, but, you could but say, a lot of anime is inspired by 80s movies. So it's true. it just all okay, loops but, but, back But Macross was early 80s, right? Yes. And, 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 that true. This is a great anecdote, games. but like, have you ever talked to someone from England about aliens? Mm-mm. It's like, man, I thought I loved this movie. But uh, <laughs> whatever's happening over here, you guys like watch it at Christmas like, <laughs> as a whole country. Like it, it's it's fucking nuts. Like like aliens presence. I don't know that the warriors resonated throughout the world, but aliens did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and like in, even in England, when I, 
Because I think most of the people who have made Aliens games are English developers. Mm. Uh, who make hyper-authentic mm. yeah, Re- games. Makes most of them. You know, I guess I never Rebellion, noticed because yeah. they call them Elinians instead of just Aliens. <laughs> uh, but I think something we haven't mentioned yet that is in- incredibly important, especially for the 2000s uh, in, in uh, game design... Is that aliens popularized the term space marine? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Oh, oh, you're right. And, and let alone the weaponry mm-hmm. that they use. They don't even yeah. explain no. the weapons in aliens. The pulse rifles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're hooked up onto uh, Steadicam rigs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about you were talking about Starcraft, and yeah, mm-hmm. space marines are huge in Starcraft, or even. I guess we, we said there are a few movies Those are cast kind of inspired the 80s. by Warhammer Space Marines. That's true. Well, that's true. Say, like we talk about camera, you know, it's a gun you wear. Mm-hmm. Starship Troopers is not 80s, but that's another kind of movie that mm-hmm. heavily inspired video games since and has the Space Marine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, yeah, man, Aliens. There's there's so much and that's what's kind of weird is there've been there've been some good Aliens games, there've been a lot of really trash Aliens video oh, games over the years. I've always posited uh, that every other medium has been kinder to Alien than movies. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic books is what created the versus Predator concept. That's true. Uh, thanks to Dark Horse. And the games are mostly great. Even the ones that like people like shit on like are amazing. Uh, Alien Isolation. I shouldn't have to tell you. I think that's on mm. Game Pass. But uh, uh, Alien... Fuck! What was the, the the way forward DS one? That's just two D and fucking. Isn't phenomenal. it Alien Colonial Marines? No, no that's the, that's that's the, that's the oh, only bad. No, that's right, the gearbox. Right. No, no, yeah. Uh, Sega's AVP, totally fine game. Mm. Uh, the original AVP, AVP two, they're all fucking really. The good. arcade AVP is great. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, but like Aliens Infestation. There are two that was good Alien movies. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. And there are six abominations. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I haven't seen Covenant, but I'm going to assume it sucks as much as Prometheus. <laughs> Probably. Yep. Now, I have a question because I haven't, because uh, I'm terrible at games. I'm not really a gamer. So lots of games with space marines. You know, like I said, with the World War II trope of like the ragtag group of guys. Mm. Do you get Vasquez's? Because the world needs more Vasquez's. Well, Gears I mean, of War doesn't have Vasquez. If, but if you it, think of it as everyone's just a male Vasquez with a with a crew cut and a shitty demeanor. No, just like super hardcore chicks who mm. are just one of the guys. Sometimes. And like you can tell that like it's the future because they're just treated the same because they <clears throat> can do the job. Huh. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. A white lady can pretend to be uh, Hispanic. <laughs> a Jewish lady you know. can pretend to be Hispanic true. <laughs> because she was into bodybuilding at the time, and they thought that because she was tanner and she looked tough, so they hired her. Well, I was going to say the Gear- Gears Four. Uh, one of the one of the leads of that, mm-hmm. which is like Vasquez type, and then mm-hmm. the lead in Gears Five is a Vasquez type. So that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I can't. I can't. I really just want to harp on the the weaponry again, like the like hyper shoulder mounted automatic futuristic weapons with zero explanation Mm. because you walk into a game now and if it's set somewhere in the future or spaceship you just don't question that the weaponry is better but I want you to go back to 1986 and look at games with characters holding guns and they often shoot out things that look like circles Uh or power pellets or or lightning bolts (laughs) or like they're ray guns they're fucking ray guns Mm -hmm. they're like they're they're Flash Gordon horseshit And, and aliens help define like gritty automatic weaponry in uh, a sci-fi world mm-hmm. visually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also and, with uh, the the, um, the Wayland 
Wayland Corp, or now it's Wayland Utani. Yeah, very much like a video game trope of like the the mass conglomerate evil corporation that is kind of uh, behind the scenes with the driving. Government yeah, again. Yeah. Oh, we found a new theme. Yes, it's why every single game uh, in the third act, you uh, like it unveils Guy Pierce pretending to be old. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate Prometheus. <laughs> God, it sucks. <laughs> But no, it just turns out he's an expert in a thing no one's ever seen before. <laughs> hey, you're quoting I'll from tell Red you about this in the fourth movie. <laughs> It'll all make sense. Uh, you'll hear the, uh, I think Audible had a, uh, well, I know it, it was Audible that had it because I listened to it, but they, they did like the original William Gibson script for, for Alien 3. Mm. And it, they got like Lance mm. Hedrickson and Michael Bean to perform mm. it. But wow. I'm just going to say, an alien sequel that just completely sidelines Ripley, puts her in a coma, and then ships her off to safety in an escape pod is no kind of alien sequel. No. No. Boo. <laughs> and murders Michael yeah. Bean. Murders Michael Bean no. off screen. But also, insane. that's like a really weird one because it establishes, like, like, there's there's a Soviet Union-like entity that uh, opposes Wayland yutanis corporatist hegemony. Huh. And, and so they, like, come in there talking about comrades and workers and shit, and they're clearly bad, but, like, it, it, it just breaks down and gets so cheesy and there's a big speech about how like humans have to unite against this enemy oh. and, and it sounds like something rock would tell me in yeah. alien but 3. but it's the kind of thing that you would see like kind of trying to promote peace toward the end of the cold war and I think uh. alien 3 came out after that was over so that script was probably that ending was probably not so relevant 93 yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is one of the most problematic movies ever mm. yeah as far as I know. it was something that when I saw in like the 2000s for the first time I I enjoyed completely mm. and but it's it's one I don't mean problematic like things that don't hold up now like mm. That was David Fincher's shot, and we almost lost him. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. That, yeah, one of our best working directors. His first movie was so bad and such a fucking failure. <laughs> and you should just—you'd think you just go back to making Madonna videos, and we never hear from him again. It, he wasn't legally allowed to take his name off it, which he wanted to. Oh my! It wasn't just bad; it was like, like reviled by people. They hated it. Yes. It's a bad aliens movie, yeah. but in terms of like, well, we didn't get a ton of shit like that. So when I watched it, I'm like, this is so fun. <laughs> uh, it, it's localized and weird, but again, uh, I think Sarah pointed out my entry point to every cool franchise is the worst entry. Yep. So I, I, I came on board Alien Resurrection this week on thirty twenty ten. I tell you how Friday the or, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five: The Dream Child is my favorite <laughs> movie. Jason Takes Manhattan's my first Friday movie. You work backwards, it gets better. Nice. Yeah, that's actually a good way to do it, right? Because oh, yeah, that's the, true. Because yeah, the, the rest of us we, we watch the best one first, and then it's all downhill. It's all downhill. Whereas yeah, you never yeah, you get can't that be disappointed. Nowhere to go but up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched Jaws for the Revenge first. No, that's not true. But I did see Jaws two before Jaws. 4. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man! So God, I like this topic. Yeah, so Jaws, Jaws one and Jaws two just run together in my head. Even though, like Jaws two, you watch it, it's like this is a shitty '80s slasher movie just with a shark. Yeah, Jaws one to me is more of a fishing movie than a yeah, yeah, shark yeah, movie. Yeah. It's a buddy buddy mm-hmm. picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that's uh, been our top five movies that were a huge influence and kind of shaped the. The state of games as we know them. Obviously, there there are a bunch of others that we haven't talked about that we could potentially mm-hmm. talk about. Sunset mm-hmm. Boulevard. Yes, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> no, I, 
no, I you know what I brought up to Lady him? Hawk. I brought it to him that um, Detective Noir. Yeah. There, it, but yeah. it's again too specific. But uh, and it, and also like I think I think there is a certain uh, effect that you could say Detective Noir had on earlier games, but I don't think it became really pronounced until like the late nineties when yeah games became complicated enough that you could kind of bring that kind of narrative into like right. a Max Payne because the, the, the only one like I think that. we didn't mention, which will be my answer to whatever the question of the week is, mm-hmm. is Blade Runner. Mm. Yes. Yep. And 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 that. I'm saying is I think everything inspired by I like everything inspired by Blade Runner better than Blade Runner, including <laughs> 2049. See, I was thinking oh. I was thinking Detective Noir did inspire like adventure games like Gabriel Knight, right? Mm-hmm. It was very so there was that, and then you're right though it went dormant until like Bioshock. Bioshock Infinite is like super Detective Noir type stuff. Like basically you're you're a guy in like a detective mm-hmm. office when they visit you. Yeah, you're you're a war veteran who's just trying to escape and forget his former life. Blade Runner is that. Is weird though that it's just inspired everything sci-fi, and so yeah. video games as a result got inspired by yeah. that. But it's also sort of a detective story. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, look, it's more of a bounty hunter story than a looking for a MacGuffin story. It's, oh, yeah. it's not trying to get most games. Most Falcon. games present them present a fucking stupid mystery, mm-hmm. and then have you shoot a bunch of shit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. But they also want a really cool steampunk setting. So Blade Runner, the DNA of Blade Runner is in like. I would say 60% of video games. Like, if you want a noir video game, play Max Payne 1 or 2, where it's like you're hearing the protagonist's thoughts as he's shooting uh, shit up, diving in slow mm-hmm. motion. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, that's been our top five. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about movies for 90 minutes. I really yeah. did, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, ho- hopefully, talked there's... about my favorite movies ever, and I well, and I didn't really, I never even put that together until you told me today that this is what we're going to talk about. That like most of my favorite movies are inspired by this other medium that I love a lot. But anyway, uh, on that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I love that we've gone, if, if you're a fan of Spider-Man on film, your heart has gone through all these different arcs. And I do feel oh, like man. we've arrived finally at like this feels really good. <laughs> yeah. Does. When, when are we giving the uh, spoiler warning? When when are we allowed to dive into spoilers? Hey, go ahead. I, I say right right now. Spoiler. Um, right yeah. Now. This Far is from the home spoiler spoilers. cast. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of other Spider-Man movies, how about that stinger at the end there? So that's that... we're jumping right to the end. Huh? <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where we will make up for how much time we spent on the first segment by getting very quickly to the... Are the new releases, they are releasing new releases. Are the new releases, they are releasing new releases. 
new releases. Actually, there are a few. There's a few. There's a few. Um, well, uh, one of them, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, I was kind of excited for, and I heard it was coming out this week, and so, like, for the first Monday and Tuesday, I was, like, turning on my systems to look for it. I was looking on uh, Xbox and looking on PS4 and looking on Steam and it was not showing up on any of those so I assumed, well, maybe it's not coming out after all. And today, I bothered to actually look into it and I was like, oh, the reason it wasn't showing up is because it was an Epic Store exclusive. Yes. So I just just didn't think to look there, but... um, This is the prequel to Rebel Galaxy. Is it the prequel? It's a prequel. Okay. But I I, I think one of the the cool things about it uh, is... Well, the first Rebel Galaxy, if you played it, it's a space uh, exploration uh, flight, flying game. But what I hear someone refer to it as a, a privateer game, which yeah. I thought was yeah. kind of it's a, a bit like a privateer game. game but yeah. like it's it's a little fireflyish in that like everything seems to happen in a very deep south version of space where yeah. everyone has a Texan or a Southern accent. It's the outskirts yeah. of space type deal. But right? also in the first Rebel Galaxy, it was kind of weird because like even though you're in a spaceship, everything happens on basically a 2D plane. Not, but it's like it's three dimensional, but your flight is only two dimensional. Like you, you go left and right. You don't go up and down. Uh, this apparently has fully three D space flight, Ooh. and uh, I've heard it compared. I, I think I saw somebody saying like it's not just a parody of Wing Commander, but it's like parody of Wing Commander. Now you have my attention. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't even know if I'd call it parody. It's it's more an homage to Wing Commander yeah. with uh, mixed with Firefly. Yeah, a little bit. A lot of Firefly, but yeah. And, and Space Truckers. We're yeah, all just folk now. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but I will check I do... that out and we can talk about it. Yeah, I plan one. on sinking my teeth into that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, another space game that came out, it's an update to an existing game, but it's a big update. Oh, yes. Uh, no Man's Sky Beyond came out, which is, this is, uh, there's kind of three big, it's like three expansions in one. So first and foremost, remember when No Man's Sky came out, how... We didn't know if you could actually see anyone else in the universe in multiplayer. Yes. And it was like, well, the chances of you running into someone are so slim. Here's the Uh, weird thing. I had an integral role in uh, spreading that misconception. Because I went and did an interview with Sean Vanneman and the Hello Games crew for PC Gamer at E3. And that's where he, he like, detailed uh, a lot of the multiplayer stuff Mm. that he had ideas for. And I remember, like, when the game came out and there was this big kerfuffle, like, Tyler Wilde reached out to me and he said, like, hey, can I get your uh, recording from that? Can I see your notes and stuff? Just to verify. I'm like, hey, here you go. And it's on there. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now you can actually do that. You can see other people in the same general area. And then, you, yeah, you'll see the other players. And then there's even a social space called the Nexus where you can meet up with other players. You can group up. You can go shopping together, upgrade, do all the stuff you want. Shopping. Shopping. To me, the most yeah. important thing about this is VR support. That's the second That's component. That's what it was missing. And oh, VR support it. for Oculus, for Vive, for Valve Index, as if anyone has that. Uh, and PSVR. PSVR mm-hmm. for the PlayStation version of the game. Still ex- isn't, is No Man's Sky still exclusive to PS4? Is it also on no, Xbox it's on, now? Well, I think, I think it came to Xbox recently. Okay. Actually. Okay. Uh, and but then, also PC. It's been on PC for a long time. And then the third third kind of portion of the expansion is just a lot of quality of life, just general improvements across the, the game just to add add more features. Like, wa- Go watch a trailer for Beyond. It's insane. Like, 
it looks like a different game than No Man's Sky did at launch. Well, I mean, it's it's gone through, like, if you hadn't played it since launch, it's gone through a ton of improvements mm-hmm, in the last mm-hmm. couple yeah. years since its release. Yeah, they, they had the whole bases thing that you could build bases, mm-hmm. and then they released an update that apparently nerfed that. And yeah, like, Graphically, of... it looks better. The game pl- yeah. In terms of game systems, it works better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's like swimming, diving ocean segments now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's the game that I think... I think No Man's Sky was sort of a combination of some of the things of, like, Sean Vanneman, like you said, was just kind of thinking out loud and then people taking that to be like, oh, that's the God's honest truth and what the mm-hmm. game is. Yeah. But it's also a combination of people's what they wanted this game to be and them spinning it into their head of like, oh, no, that's No Man's Sky. And then when it came out and wasn't that thing, they were disappointed. Mm -hmm. But No Man's Sky now is the game that people thought it was before it released and maybe even a bit more. Mm -hmm. And all it took was lots of money because that shit made (laughs) millions of dollars. I mean, it was like it was made by a very small core team and it was relying yeah. heavily on procedural generation. Mm-hmm. The Joe Danger people. And, and like, I, I will say that I was wrong about my uh, assumption about a lot of stuff that happened with No Man's Sky. And, and some people's expectations were too, but I think it's just uh, the thing we settled on back in the day is they were victims of like showing something that was so promising it ended up getting money from a lot of different people and had to release at a time before this small team could accomplish this and mm-hmm. you have to say, to their fucking credit like they have there's i don't know how much money is involved in them continuing to follow through with their plans well if they, if they are a small relatively small team still it's not as have much you not seen as the pictures like, like people have bought billboards outside of their small development studio to thank them for mm, keeping yeah. going wow. And I thought you were just because it's other a way. small yeah. building, like because it, oh, it was real creepy in the beginning when people didn't have their multiplayer and you can't actually be in the same place as a person. People were like taking photos through the windows of like, are people actually? I don't see anybody yeah. working. It's like ten o'clock at night, like mm. real creepy shit. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, I it, it is an example of gamers behaving terribly, but also. A young studio in over its head. And partnered with, with, with First Party, and so it's like, mm-hmm. people saw, oh, it has the Sony name attached to it, it's going to be big. And it was kind of a big PS4, well, it was originally supposed to be a PS4 launch title, and then kind of missed that window, and it just, it got I, so Ironically, hyped. the more they follow through with their goals, the less it becomes a game I want to play. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a massive game. What's funny, though, is I feel like, what is it about space games that people have these expectations? Because, like, Star Citizen is right. quickly becoming, like, the No Man's Sky story of, like, people quickly? sunk 200 million... 200, yeah, no, I don't quickly, think it's I quickly guess. anything. Yeah, $200 million later, where, where's this game, you know? It's still selling uh, exclusive ships and making a ton of money and yep. spinning off into other companies. Yeah. Uh, very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Friday the 13th, Chris mentioned earlier in the show, comes to Switch yep. this week, mm-hmm. which... Uh, mm-hmm. Because when I think online games, I think the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, uh, that's that's my biggest. Because the, the the big thing that was broke about that game in the beginning, because it, it is more complicated than a normal online game, mm-hmm. uh, is that that didn't work at all for like the first two weeks. It was very spotty. Also, a game that, that doesn't run or didn't run super well on the modern consoles, and so. No. Uh, but it, it, when it, when you look at it, you're like. That should run much better than it does. Like it's not, you know, like graphically, it's not a, a showcase or anything. It's... Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm both worried because the Switch has the worst online functionality. Uh, I don't know since the fucking Leapfrog or something funnier. Jesus, and, and... <laughs> Sega Pico. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's awful. It, it's legit 
terrible to this day. Mm. Like, I cannot try logging your switch onto hotel Wi-Fi. Yeah. It just doesn't accept it. It won't. It, meh. Remember the 3DS like, had that issue? Do. If, if it was the kind of Wi-Fi, like hotels, that requires the acceptance page, I, I mean, most most it. hotel Wi-Fi is yeah, pretty awful. Yeah. That's yeah. A, but it can still, like, you can. I can still download my several kilobyte update to the Nintendo Entertainment mm, System app. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, at least the online's what twenty bucks a year, so it's hard to complain about that. And you get yeah. a, you get a lot of old Nintendo NES games. games. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you if you paying into that, you get the option to order those NES replica controllers for like That's, sixty yeah, bucks, which which I got. But I, I I've been playing a lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance hmm. online hmm. Uh, uh, with friends. Really? And so you're it's still stupid. The game. <laughs> it's still dumb. Okay. All right. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Madden 20. I got a code. And, um, Are you ready for some football? I am ready for some football. Uh, I, will, Allen I have specifically only... Oh, uh-oh. We have a returning guest. So, so in 1931, Hitchcock made his first sound yes. film, mm. Blackmail, which, you know, guys, I think my mic was off this whole time. Oh, okay. uh, uh-huh. So can we start <laughs> over? Sure. Why not? No. So, did they get an actual black guy to star in this, or was this a one word? <laughs> it's Britain in the 30s. Uh, so, yes. Yes, they did. In the 30s, it's a horror movie, right? It's yeah. about uh, No, I'm I'm coming back because I feel remiss that I didn't plug the, you know, recent movies besides Julia and Julia that we've talked about. Inglorious Bastards in District 9 recently. Mm. Um, but, Matt, you pegged something uh, in a couple weeks. We'll be talking about Gerard Butler in Gamer. And oh. I, I invite the whole Vigi Game Apocalypse crew to come on over and tell me how authentic it really is. Because I know okay. mm-hmm. I know critics all really love that oh, yeah. gritty authenticity. Mm. Absolutely. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a big no because... I, to this day, have managed to avoid seeing Gamer, and I'm not about to start now. Mm. Thank you very much. Well, how, how do you know that it it's not good? You're right. There's I should, really I should, no way to know. I should really watch every yeah. movie that comes out I mean, so that I can... Yeah, there's, there's no way to find <laughs> out on the internet. It's by the, the people who did Crank, right? So, yeah. The, yeah. the best movie of all so time, which bad. is why Gamer is very disappointing. Oh, I think some people were doing Crank when they made Gamer, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing more. See, I thought Jesus. you heard me talking about Madden, and people don't know this about Diana. Huge fucking Madden fan. Well, Her actually, ultimate team ridiculous right now. <laughs> uh, Loves the, the, the pigskin. One time that I gave that I tried to give football games a fair shake, I had Diana help me because she knows the game and I don't at all. Really? Like, oh, it was so fun! Since, it was the most fun I've yeah. ever had playing a video game because Michael has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he and, doesn't uh, understand football. Not only that, like I, I tried showing you, I think like NFL 2K2 and Madden, and you started playing NFL 2K2 and you were like. What the fuck is this? Where are my special teams? Right. Where's the kicking wing? What, are, what is this? So what did, am I doing? Did and, you get lost when you started talking about the triangle offense and the power forward and the center position? Oh, I didn't even have to get that far, man. He what about the shortstop? Did he understand the concept of what a shortstop's supposed to do oh, on a I football field? Oh, I know that a oh, shortstop yeah. doesn't belong on a football field. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did any of those other things. <laughs> Almost got him. Almost got him. Yeah. No, here's uh, this is the thing I tell people who don't who understand football and Michael doesn't. He doesn't understand why it's so funny. He was 4-35 and 35 and he tried to run the ball. I mean, that would have worked in Joe Montana's football, yeah. where all you had to do was a fake punt. Also, every in play, NFL blitz, guaranteed, I can't guaranteed touchdown. run the ball. I get my one yard. It's like, yeah, you do that, honey. It was a draw play, Diana. Everyone knows strategy. Got to run that draw play. You make them yeah. think, pass, and you go run. I still don't know what the fuck you people are talking. About. Right, you're, you're like really hurting me. Like I remember, I would, I wanted to be hang with the cool kids in mm. fifth grade, and I'm like, I'm gonna. I'm going to play football, and I was an okay athlete, and I 
realized I didn't know how to play, and someone threw me the ball, and I caught it, and I saw my friend running in front of me, so I'm like, I threw it to him. And... (laughs) And the whole the whole game just stopped as like everybody in unison yelled, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and you said like, rugby. Yeah, I thought yeah, you threw the ball rugby. forward. Like yeah. that's what you do in football. And I never played football again. Never I feel so it. close to you right now. That was also my first experience with soccer. <laughs> Immediately scoring an own goal. <laughs> I'm just imagining you as a little kid with a beard. My first experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a beard even as a little kid. My first experience with soccer was actually <laughs> like. Being being like I think like three or four and kicking the ball and it landed in a huge mud puddle and the kid called me the kid whose ball it was just said you jerk and like I'd never been called a jerk before I'd never heard that before so I just like immediately started bawling and just walked home crying and then my mom punished me because she I, I had left without telling her where I was going and she didn't know where I was I had to get a good soccer cry on yeah. Well, well, anyway, my on take that on note, Madden's. You know, you're hold so we talk about video games. As long as we're getting into therapy about why we never played sports. <laughs> I played Madden and then yeah, like yeah. erased all those terrible memories mm-hmm. with different terrible memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, cannot identify with my co-host. I played football through my senior year of high school. Started both ways actually, but that's wow. fine. You jerk. Yes. Uh, but Madden. Yes. So real quickly, I will just say this year's game. I've only really I spent a lot of time in Ultimate Team. Do like Ultimate Team? Uh, I do like. So they've added a series of RPG like powers to the game called X Factors. So, so like popular players from past and present. So, for example, if you link your account on Twitch, you get a Jim Brown. You know who Jim Brown hey. is? Movie star Jim Brown. Hey, Jim Brown. Mars attacks Jim Brown. Yeah. Uh, he has powers where he can truck through people, guaranteed he won't get tackled behind behind the line of scrimmage, and can like basically bowl over people. And what's cool is the powers are activated. You have to do certain things in the game for the powers to activate. So it's kind of this little meta game that you're, it's an RPG and you're kind of leveling up during the game, kind of like a MOBA. And then you can activate this stuff. So that's fun. And the other thing I like about it, and I'll stop talking about Madden, is they've streamlined Ultimate Team so that it's, in previous years, you never knew kind of which mission you were supposed to be doing or what was the best way to grind for experience, currency, and all this stuff. This year, it's the UI is very clean. It's like, basically it's like, get your ultimate team started like that's your first set of missions and it's very linear and clear and you're like okay this is what i'm supposed to be working on and i do like that improvement and also um a game that you you hadn't listed on here but that is coming out on friday is the grandia hd collection and jesus yeah this is a collection of games that i have been meaning ariana grande yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) ariana grandia (laughs) <laughs> I've been meaning to play Grandia 1 and 2 for years and years, and maybe I'll finally do it. Nope. I <laughs> doubt it. You'll buy them, though. No. Probably. Guaranteed. Hmm. Guaranteed buy. Mm-hmm. Not so much a play. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, kind of a light uh, week of new releases, because everyone, as we all know, they're waiting for the game I've been working on, Remnant from the Ashes, next week. It's fine. We understand, <laughs> people. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I work on that game. I'm the head of marketing on that game. So, of course, you're all going to play it, right? Yeah. Of course. Right. Yes. All right. What was the game name again? Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, if you like Soulsborne games, but also guns, play that game. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm in. Okay, I ran in to make my dumb joke and reference and keep everyone up to date, so I'm leaving now again for realsies. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Good Come for the joke, again. stay for the football, Diana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, I worked Come at it just the right time for me. Yeah. It was like the Perfect. one sport I know, kind of, mm-hmm. vaguely. Yeah. All right, 30, 20, 10, 10, 10. All right. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump ahead, too.
It's funny you mention those little NES controllers for Nintendo's online mm-hmm. service because the sleuths over at Reset Era have uncovered an FCC filing from Nintendo that reveals controllers that look awfully a lot like the SNES controllers mm. could be coming to Switch. So there is a, a filed patent filed for what looks to be the classic SNES controller, wireless controllers, mm-hmm. coming to Switch, which a lot of people think means that SNES games will be coming to the Switch online maybe. service. Or maybe... That's impossible! There's no way it has that kind of power. <laughs> what is this, a 3DS? <laughs> Seriously, remember that the new 3DS was the only one capable of playing Super it Nintendo. It was so weird. And it wasn't. It, was so it wasn't dumb. a lie. Technologically, it was real. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to play Earthbound. Did not have the new 3DS. Could not even buy it. Seriously? The, yeah. Wow. I didn't know about that. I, I, was, I was just going to make real. a joke about them. Like, oh, they're probably just trying to be eight-bit dough at their own game. Like, mm. oh, they're making money off of our design. Well, I, I, like, I don't know. I'm Bob Nintendo. I was talking to my buddy Adam, who's on this week's Laser Time, about that, and just that, like, I was born, I was forged in the NES. Ah! <laughs> on the files of the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Famicom original. Uh, and you every really time I. NES. I was born there. I was born there. Yeah. I, 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 every time I get one, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's time to. These games suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm so bored. And the second <laughs> I got that time. Super Nintendo Mini, I'm like, these are. These are what most everything on Steam plays like today. Yeah. Uh, most most indies. Like, this is great. Super Nintendo games don't get enough credit. They're worthy of more of your nostalgia than most NES games. I, I, I've tried a few times. Like, get my daughters. I'm like, hey, check it out. This is the kind of game daddy used to play when he was your age growing up. I get laughed out of yeah, the room. Yeah, they're like, room. did daddy get hit on the head? Yeah. What is this? You played this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Look at those graphics, Dad. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Super Nintendo is like the greatest system of all time, and those games it, still it hold up fairly well. It might be the greatest well. system of all time. Yeah. Even the bad games are great. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. That game's... That's the best Battletoads game. What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, you're probably about? right. It's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, my God. Never been a fan. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, look forward to that. Maybe this holiday. Maybe next year. Who knows when that's coming? Lots of speculation about how you would get those games if it's going to be a virtual console type situation. You'd probably download them. I I have to like I. Your one year sub, my one year sub is almost up for the NES Classic stuff, mm. and like, as much as I appreciate ROM hacks of games like Mighty Bomb Jack, uh, <laughs> if I was really paying attention to my money, I would not pay for this again because mm. I don't use the Switch's online functionality that much. Yeah. And the NES games, like, I have them all a billion times over. Yeah. Uh, I, If they were smart, it would be in that, it would be part of that $20 a month thing. One rumor I heard that I think is probably true is they might even have a tiered approach where you get the higher tier that would unlock the SNES games. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing we, we talked about. It's it's 20 bucks a year, so it's practically... Well, I mean, nothing. they've also said they're, they're going to stop adding NES games eventually, so yeah. it might be that they stop adding them and they start adding Super They could do that right games. now. Yeah. Those games are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to play dodgeball? No, Dodgeball, that's one of the best third-party games on there, and and Bubble Bobble. Mm -hmm. But, like, everything else you is easy to obtain officially through other means. Mm. And uh, and the Super Nintendo stuff, like, there's a whole wealth of, like, the Super Nintendo, the the SNES Mini had 18 games on it. If you give me 22 games, I will will suck your dick. (laughs) I, like... 
Yeah, that's what I meant. Suck your dick, man. I will suck your dick. That's how much I care about uh, the SNES Classics being on there. And I, I do want to say, like, I thought buying the controllers was stupid. When my older friends come over, it instantly makes sense. We're little kids again. Mm. They are like a supreme high quality. It's it's a, it's a purchase I don't regret. Even though, remember, you have to be a member of this online thing yeah. to buy them. There are people our age. Them. I don't know many of them, but they exist who have not touched a video game controller since the NES controllers. What? And it's the weirdest thing. Like they see those and there's instant connection and they That's can just play what those video games, games are to them. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. my friend Lamont, like we have always played Dr. Mario together on an original NES and only in this, in this foul year of 2019, do we have them all packed up and not hooked up to our televisions? Mm. So when she, I handed her the NES controller, like it just, it, there was no waiting. It just like instantly, like it all came back, and we battled like the whole night in uh, 2019. It was mm. fucking rad. Speaking of Dr. Mario, mm. my youngest today told me she played Dr. Mario. She was referring to the mobile game. Oh, and terrible. inside my head, snobbly, I said, You haven't really played Dr. Mario. Yeah. Did, did you also, outside your head, say it? Straight to her. Absolutely. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Did yeah. you then just like shove her down? Honey, the a thing you like is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of things that are kind of shitty, Loot Crate filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy this week, which is a huge bummer. Uh, Do we have time for a hot take? Go ahead. I hate these things, (laughs) and I've done advertisements for them, and I regret it. It's like the only advertisements I regret doing. I hate this shit. Mm. I hate Loot Crate. I hate useless garbage that you Mm. don't know what it's going to be sent to your house. That's the thing that I never... That never appealed to me. It's like, look, I already have way too much stuff, and that is all stuff that I handpick and love. Yeah, I don't. I don't want just a random assemblage of Funko Pops that someone decides I'll like. Every I don't. Month. I don't need someone else's curated approach to my mm-hmm. fandoms. Yes, I think that's we were in, in an industry ten years ago that constantly sent us cool stuff related to things we love, and eventually that becomes things you have to manage throughout your entire yes. life. It I, becomes I, a chain of things that will be tied to you forever. I have since grown out of it, but I will admit, in my twenties, I was a lover of swag mm. anytime one of these boxes arrived we at the were. office we were game well, journalists anytime a loot crate arrived at the office people would say oh you know we would get one because it's like they wanted us to to do advertising sure. or whatever mm-hmm. it is the only swag every time without fail i would go through everything in that box pass hard pass and everything <laughs> in there it was fucking trash swag dude i'm like this is like Lower tier pack swag in this mm. box. Like, I'm sorry, but it was not. I, great. Di- I yeah, I did like it initially, um, uh, and I like Geek Fuel better. I really do, uh, just because you, there's like usable stuff in there, like comics and mm. stuff and art. But like, just useless garbage. Like, it is such a fleeting feeling to spend this much money. Man, I hate Loot Crate. <laughs> well, Something awful like did a, a parody of Loot Crate and they're like, you know, among the items you can get, like it's like a sheaf of printer paper with the words superhero movies written on them in <laughs> Sharpie. <laughs> All right, I feel right. Like, <laughs> I, so that's again. I like we I, we still work with Geek Fuel. I, I like, dude, a cool comic with a variant cover. Yeah. Me, I, I I'll read that, and uh, that's nice to have. And oh, a pin. 
but like just just garbage, just like a piece of paper with a logo on it. That's what Loot Crate was. We're gonna say th- I have to say this because we're sounding heartless. So we are bagging on the Loot Crate itself. Yeah. We have nothing but sympathy for the over 150 employees who oh, lost geez. their jobs. Yeah. Nope, should have picked a better job. Many of which without severance, which I really Ooh. fucking hate. Oh, yeah. They closed down their warehouse. Fuck. Here's what's weird though: they're still saying to subscribers, "Hey, no worries, you'll still get your Loot Crates." But they closed down their warehouse, so not really mm. sure how that's going to happen. Mm. So, and that's even shittier. And so, uh, yeah, to to anyone who lost their job, we are so sorry. We are so sorry. We're insulting the company you worked for, but they don't sound like the greatest company right now. If these rumors are to be believed, it was like it was like it was like the basic cable of Comic Con swag. Oh, I can't pick anything I get, and it just comes right to my house. Mm. And then they ex- they like <laughs> overly expanded to have like. There's like 20 variants of loot box. It's like, oh, I'm a comic book loot box guy. Oh, I'm a wrestling loot box or loot crate. Sorry, loot crate. I think it was a very cynical look at geek culture because geek culture, the part of it I respect is hyper specific. Mm -hmm. You don't want things you don't know about coming to your house. I know that can be fun, but like uh, it was fleeting for me. Like I could not stand that after like three months. Like get this shit out of here. When I moved, holy fuck, like a giant garbage bag of, of fucking loot crate boxes. Yeah, I I think I'm so glad you guys are saying this because like I've always felt this way around Loot Crate, and I was just like, yeah, man, like I think what it is with my fandom and stuff I love, I rather I would rather hand pick it. I would like to go out and seek if I love a particular game or movie or TV show, I want to go find an item related to that, and it has to be something I really like for me to say I'm gonna lug this piece of plastic with me for the you know, rest of your life to my office or whatever. Bury me next to a separate coffin for my plastic swag. Yeah, whereas the, these things just always felt like, oh, this isn't great, it's fine, I guess. Oh, I guess I, yeah, I mean, I like Zelda, sure, I'll wear this. Some of the best stuff they had were the shirts, I, I suppose. Well, I, I, I actually love the shirts. Yeah. That has a function. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are so many things in there that, like, where's this even supposed to, if I don't frame this, there's nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's very and, and again, Geek feel like the first one I opened up, oh, Linda Evans, a wonder, an autograph Wonder Woman thing. That's fucking mm-hmm. rad. Of course I'll frame that. Yeah, uh, but like uh, Loot Crate was just things of just images of things they thought I would like. It felt very cynical and made me feel like I was being abused. Anyway, sorry. No, no, I, I think I think it sucks. Uh, speaking of things that suck, Twitch accidentally promoted a porn stream uh, on Ninja's old channel. <laughs> so we we talked about Ninja. How did that happen? Ninja is now exclusive to Mixer, mm-hmm. uh, and Twitch. Apparently, they said they're doing this on multiple channels, although Ninja is claiming it's only his channel because he was one of the most popular Twitch streamers. They are now, when when people are offline on their channels, they will show you a curated feed of, here's some other channels you might like, which actually makes perfect sense, right? Like, their whole thing as a platform is they want to show you, they want to keep you on that platform and keep you watching. Unfortunately, and most of the channels were showing Fortnite because that's what ninja's known for mm-hmm. unfortunately one of the channels was a russian channel that was just showing straight up hardcore pornography nice. on twitch which is against against the, the rules of mm-hmm. twitch you're not supposed to do that but it kind of leads to all kinds of questions of okay well how is twitch curating those feats of of when they're you know making the recommendations is it just some algorithm that is based on the most popular things do you really control it that much like if you are putting those things so Ninja, he actually released a video, an official public statement, and boy, if you like to hear people referring to themselves and their brand, this is the video for you. But Yikes. once you get once yeah, once you can get past that, um, it's interesting. He's like, hey, we agreed to part ways on amicable terms and be nice to each other. This isn't nice. This isn't cool. 
this is my brand and now you're fucking with my brand because people go expecting ninja stuff and all they see is this hardcore pornography. Mm -hmm. Please don't do this. Which he's right in one regard. What I will say though is when you sign up for these services like Twitch, like YouTube, you are signing away all the rights to that content that you are releasing to them because it's their platform. They are the platform holder. So your brand that you're building which you were able to take to Mixer, by the way, you still have your brand, but they own that channel and that space that you, you know, mm -hmm. that you were living in, your brand was living on, and they I can do whatever they want. I still find it more odd that, I mean, like, I'd be more upset if they were, like, advertising Republican congressmen mm. than porn, but, like, Twitch advertises porn? No, they don't. That's the thing, is it was, it was just, like, it's... The news headlines would have had you believe that Twitch was actively promoting porn. It was it was just like some channel was was hosting porn stuff. And Hello, Twitch. Welcome to my stream where I do butt stuff. <laughs> You'll enjoy when I beat Monster World by enduring panel. <laughs> But yeah, so um, so Ninja not too happy. Uh, one of the side effects of, of him leaving Twitch, apparently now it's I guess you could say first shots fired across the bow. There, it's, uh, it's yeah, mad so, interesting, man. I love it. I yeah, I I just love seeing these personalities kind of going. They've built up their brands, which trust me, go watch that video. You will get sick of hearing it as much as I'm sick of saying it. Um, and to see him take that brand to a new place and then have people fucking with his brand uh now that he's gone semi-literally uh, yes yes um mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it raises a lot of interesting questions so uh let's leave it at that how's that well just because like uh i don't know if it's in the news i haven't checked the notes but um it was silently going through the vgm communities throughout the week that like nintendo was going to start really cracking down on youtube channels with nintendo game music but yeah, a bunch of uh, a channel I really liked was just like completely de incentivized from doing anything ever again. Now, do you know were they giving them um, what's the difference? There's flags versus strikes. Yeah, right? not not strikes, but like demonetization. But like, I wish we, we work in an audio medium. I, I, I should I should explore Silva Gunna's channel in general because it's mostly trolls based on like it's the Mario Odyssey music, and then it just turns into like the Flintstones theme using the same. Chris, Chris let's explain real quick the, what the difference is because you live in this world people may not know so please explain the difference between getting a flag on your account versus an actual strike because the strike you is really bad you don't have to bad. do shit with a flag like they just take they take the money from it but if that's your whole business like making fun of Nintendo songs yeah uh, you've essentially lost your sole source of income and I, I, I don't know it's, it's I think it's hard to have a ton of uh of sympathy for people who've done nothing but host like Smash Brothers soundtracks because like you never mm. own that That's but true. it's also like I do like I, I I paid for YouTube premium it's the most robust music platform in the world it, and I, I use it in my car uh, to listen to music I feel and like I'm gonna sound it, so pro corporation here because I was just talking about like hey Twitch has the right to do with Twitch with Ninja's channel what they want but Nintendo does own the rights to that music and yeah. people, if they were monetizing those videos and making money on ads for Nintendo's music, that is kind of shitty and I mean, they probably should run be able into to that, do that all the time where it's just like, why do I have to watch an ad because you're hosting a video game soundtrack? Right. But, but, but conversely, you know, like Square and Capcom have been really good with about putting their albums into stores. Yeah. 
and make them available on Spotify. Nintendo hasn't. It, it, they're awful about it. Mm. Yes. It, it, their music doesn't exist anywhere. It, like it, YouTube is like the only area that they do exist in because they can't legally go up on iTunes or Spotify. And, and, and so, so that's that's, that's a big bummer. I would be complaining if they were issuing takedown notices, but I guess what I'm saying is if all they're saying yeah, is, they're not is they're not, not doing takedowns or strikes, but they're doing um, but but again, like we didn't have a ton of takedowns or strikes on our YouTube channel either, but like we were eventually thoroughly demonetized after enough of those, and and some of those were just, like I'm just I was just looking at my email in, in the break about like the YouTube copyright stuff and just watching like this this robot sort everything out. Like, uh, oh, copyright strike for your E3 stream. Ah, never mind. Sony's released a claim on that. Like, nice, great. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. But it's this a bunch of corporations fighting over what we thought was all okay. And I'm coming from the the, the the position like I always knew that was not totally okay. Even just a regular game stream at any time, these people can come after you. Oh, yeah. I yeah. feel bad if you make your living off of that because uh, I don't think anybody's going to do that. And I thought Nintendo was beyond this, but uh, apparently they're not. Well, but uh, I mean, I think you, you mentioned earlier, like reinforcing that, like Nintendo does own this stuff. I don't, I don't think anyone's disputing that, but I think there well, are a no. lot of companies that tend to turn a blind eye, and people maybe assumed Nintendo was also turning a blind eye. But no, like, I remember Capcom, like, just was like there was no. Uh, like official Marvel versus Capcom theme thing, and then we just look at these videos with like it's a six million views. I would, I should get a promotion if I got six million views with a Capcom video, <laughs> right? Uh, and this guy just does it by uploading a JPEG and a song, and he gets to monetize it in his favor. I remember it was it was a thorn in my side, but mm-hmm. like, but the reality is, if like if the company itself isn't going to do anything to preserve this music on a music platform, what the fuck? But but like I guess the the thing it might point to is that Nintendo has big plans for its music coming up because I don't yeah. think they do this now unless they did. I think either they do or they don't, and it's because all they're doing again is they are getting now the ad revenue on those videos, and so it's like this is this could be their easy way of monetizing is fine. You guys host these videos, people are going to watch them. We'll and I literally just noticed this on my Switch this weekend that you can. You can listen to Smash music on the Switch within Smash. Mm-hmm. That's not a selling point unless they go after people who upload Smash music. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a feature in the game it's if you true. can do it on YouTube. So it's like, it's it, the game's almost a year old. Like, we all should have been on the lookout for this. Because, like, maybe they have big plans to release their soundtracks officially on, on popular platforms. I kind of don't think so. I don't think But so. I, I also think, like, it's... This is not a feature for the Switch if they're allowing people to use it freely and monetize it and fucking bummed by that. And, and a couple like parody accounts that I love just got they got hit too. This is Nintendo. Why are we surprised this is the company that yeah. would demonetize all streams of Nintendo games for the longest time? I'm, right? I'm still because the, they backed off on that a while ago. They did. This is and, the company until we that, get some other explanation, um, like some official soundtrack releases. I don't. I don't really get so, it. So again, I'm sounding like Joe Corporate. So streams, I think, are different because those are. I won't call them derivative works, but you're you're playing the game, and so it is it is organic in that you're creating that content versus oh, no, no. I'm versus talking about just hosting upload, a song, like, a fucking JPEG in the song. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that's different fun. to me. I don't think those people should be able to monetize Nintendo's IP at that point because all they're doing is is uploading a JPEG in a song versus people who stream Nintendo content. Yeah, they should be able to monetize their stuff because they're doing. No, it's it's, it's specifically creating. outlined within their rules. You have to add something to it to stream because you can now stream whatever Nintendo thing you want, but you have to add something to it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't even upload legally by that definition raw gameplay. 
let alone monetize their music. So I do get that, but it's still like, I don't know, as a fan of the music, man, like those are modern nursery rhymes for a reason. Like they're all in our head and like Nintendo has done a piss poor job of ever getting that to our ears officially. Yeah, yeah the big shame is if a lot of the bigger channels just stop doing this because because they can't monetize and there goes their source of income. Uh, yeah, that that will be a loss unless Nintendo does something with it. But I'm, I'm kind of with you, Chris. I don't I don't think they will. I think this is just their way of making money off something other people are no, doing. Course, the, the, the one dude was uh, outlining the exact process and it was like they were going after his top viewed videos in order mm-hmm. and like hitting them specifically manually. It wasn't an automated thing. It's a bummer. And I thought Nintendo was past this. Mm. Uh, direct your anger to Mike Grimm. <laughs> Please don't do that. It's probably his idea, knowing him as I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Nobody believes that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Just wanted to give a shout out to Mike Graham. He's a wonderful man. He's amazing. Great human being. Um, So speaking of something you don't have to get angry about now, at least for the time being, um, we have a bit of a reprieve. So all of those console tariffs that Trump was uh, proposing, they are now officially delayed until at least December 15th. So Mm. he blinked in the the staring contest, as it were, until December 15th. Was it before or after the fucking... (laughs) Dow Jones dropped the record number. 800, yeah, 800 today? Uh, but December 15th, of course, is after Black Friday. So, hmm, hmm. really odd choice of dates there. Yeah, wonder hmm, why. Wonder why. Huh. Yep. Um, and that is all the news that is fit to play. Well, um, let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our, our community. community. Last week's question of the week was, what's a game you just couldn't beat without cheat codes and what codes did you use to get by? Uh, first Ooh. to respond on VideoGameApocalypse.com was LazerTime Rules, who says, Even in 93, I sucked at FPSs, so I cheated my way through Doom, <laughs> and a year later, Doom 2, IDDQD, God Mode, IDKFA, all items, keys, and IDSPISPOPD slash clip. No clipping. No clipping. That's my Larry Sanders <laughs> impression. <laughs> All right, uh, we're my saviors. This was the only way I discovered John Romero was my bitch when I killed his decapitated head in Doom 2. Mm-hmm. First Brawn Unicron then replied to that Hardcore comment. Hardcore soft prawn. <laughs> says, I-D-S-P-I-S-P-O-P-D, no clipping in Doom 1, comes from another in-joke. We talked a little bit about the DQD in-joke. It stands for smashing pumpkins into small piles of putrid debris, which wow. was suggested on a Usenet group as the uncoolest possible game name opposed to Doom. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he basically says, like, smashing pumpkins then went and sampled it in some songs or something. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. Huh. It was before smashing pumpkins controlled all of independent wrestling. <laughs> I am the NWA. Jesus. That's my Billy Corgan. <laughs> Whee! The world that. is a heel now. <laughs> Ag says, uh, when I was a wee lad, my stepbrother and I used to simultaneously play Wolfenstein 3D by sitting in the same chair. He would shoot and I would move. Huh. Uh, I'd also be responsible for hitting the uh, ILM cheat anytime our health or ammo would get low. Kids are cheating bastards. What can I say? Mm. Uh, I, I did that once. I, it, with, we were hammered at my... I don't know. It feels odd to say this. Like My 20s were spent in a two houses with like all of our PCs inside of it just getting hammered and playing Counter-Strike and Battlefield. 
and we decided one day that somebody would operate the WASD and somebody one the other person would operate the mouse. It was the funniest streak I'd ever seen go down at like two in the morning. Sounds like a good stream idea nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's it, it, like it was it was great because like really focusing on like m- my job is to aim. My job is to move out of danger and like holy shit two people can really do this that's wow, phenomenal okay. that's neat uh and it does it also on 30 20, 10 this week i wish i uh, was there with uh michael and to a lesser extent matt just because mm. i didn't work with, <laughs> with you when this game came out uh it's the 10 year anniversary of wolfenstein the activision raven one highly underrated wow. game yeah. very good no game. no no good okay that, that matt so matt you're back in i'm back in i'm back all mm-hmm. in I think I was working at Activision when that game came out. Yeah, like a good, a good, like there hasn't really been a bad Wolfenstein game of any kind, but that's the second of like three reboots. Yeah, yeah, because it was, yeah. Re, was it Return to Castle Wolfenstein was the first no, reboot? That, it's it's the... this it's the just the regular Wolfenstein from Raven. No, and, no, no, uh, no. But, but the the reboot before that was I think was it Re- Return? It to was. Castle it was the the uh, mm. fucking I think original Xbox version. It's yeah, a, that's yeah. a great game. I love first. that game. Yeah, so yeah. That, the, the Raven one was great because it had like these not social hubs, but it it, it had this like hub like space a, where you would a, get a quests. Yeah, like yeah. a town hub, you would get quests, but it was like full of secrets. Like you could like knock on se- like doors, right, and there'd be yeah, like people yeah. who would like open. I think like, that's you know. the one that really introduced the Chrysos Circle, which became more important in the latest mm-hmm, reboot. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I wonder is is Wolfenstein like the most rebooted series because it was, like, maybe the, the Apple II series. There's 3D. There was. Yeah, re- return. There's the 2009 Wolfenstein, and then there's the new Wolfenstein. It's definitely the most DOS rebooted series. Am I right? Am I right? <sighs> the Bethesda <laughs> ones usually have a subtitle, so there's there's not a lot of like straight up Wolfensteins. This might be the only the, like the second one, mm-hmm. but like it just it's bizarre that like oh yeah, Activision controlled this for like a dozen years, and then it went over to Bethesda, and I just associate it with Bethesda for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to give a shout out to that game because it was good. And if you can find it and you like Wolfenstein, yeah. I kind of liked it better than some of the modern ones. So when I worked at Activision, they had that brief spell where they partnered with it. And is so that what was, it was? Because I, I imagine yeah, it yeah. always owned it. Yeah, yeah. I think it didn't last long. That partnership didn't, didn't New Colossus actually like make references to things that happened in two thousand nine Wolfenstein? Maybe, Maybe not. Because they the wrong guy. Yeah, that I remember. That was also like a, a more diminutive version of BJ Blazkowicz before he became like all huge in New Colossus. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that anyway. one really leaned into the occult stuff. Really, yes, heavily. yes, it did with mm-hmm. like the Black Sun energy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And a lot That's of stealth how I prefer stuff. my Nazis. That game had a lot of stealth. You you were creeping up behind dudes a lot to take That's them out. True, yeah. Yeah. which is also in the new one. Uh, well, on the official Laser Time Facebook community, getting back to cheats, Tyler Watson says, I use cheats on two of my favorite movie tie-in games on SNES, The Lion King and The Mask. On Mask, I had to use infinite health because some of the bosses were cheap as hell. On Lion King, I had to use the secret options menu code, B-A-R-R-Y, Barry! Barry, at the option screen, <laughs> to turn on infinite health and level skip because fuck that stage with the monkeys that throw you and fuck that final battle with Scar. I can't wait to be king level at the rules. Still haven't beat Mask legit, but I did go back and finish Lion King from start to finish with no codes a few years back. Congratulations. I know I finished it with passwords because I captured video of it, but uh, that game was hard as fuck. 
fuck. <laughs> like it's rid- it's ridiculous. That game is like a twenty hour experience, uh, front Jesus. to back. Remember when replay value is just like we're just gonna kill you a whole mm. lot. It's gonna take you twenty hours to get through what nowadays would be like maybe two hours of gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still pretty. That final battle with Scar it just becomes like a fighting game, and like this doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can counter everything. <laughs> it's not. It's not that it's two hours of gameplay. It's that it's roughly two hours of content if you got through it without yes, dying. Yes, yeah, it, yes, yes. Amber Richardson says, I was a weird kid. I used the 50 lives cheat in Donkey Kong Country, you spell barrel, while on the erase games option on the start menu. Not because I was necessarily bad at DKC, but the game over screen terrified me. I would immediately turn the game off when that happened. As I said, weird kid. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just to avoid the game over screen. Alexander Patterson says, "Uh, I know them from two games to this day by heart. First is A-B-B-A-A-B-B-A. For Aladdin on the Genesis, my cousin had a Genesis, and when I was at his house, he told me he could beat the first level in under 10 seconds. I told him, that's impossible, but he started it, paused the game, entered that code, and we saw the level complete screen, right? I I use this to capture video, too. (laughs) Uh, uh, But uh, he told me about the cheat codes and then got a piece of paper, wrote down A-B-B-B-A-A-B-B-A on it and told me I had one minute to memorize it and if I forgot it he would punch me <laughs> then he kids, tore it up man. and told me to recite it uh, best believe I had it memorized to avoid the punching and still remember it to this how day. hard is it to memorize ABBA ABBA it's mm. fucking ABBA 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 yeah, yeah. dancing on. queen dancing twice. queen hello mm-hmm. <laughs> well on twitter uh, I am not a twit says despite my ever improving skills playing the franchise I still relied on cheat codes to beat GTA 4. I kept spamming the regain health code, even though all I needed was to duck and cover in every encounter. Mm. Where was the yeah. code that let Roman stop calling me? Roman, <laughs> I'm busy this weekend. Nico, come see some titty. I don't know what this <laughs> Cousin, voice is I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> you killed me with a cheat code. I'll never call you again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh boy. if only. Uh, anyway, we have a couple of video responses. Video. Uh, the first is from Jesse Moore. Hey, VGA. It's uh, Jesse from Game That Tune. Hi, Jesse. And uh, third handsome man at the LTC. What's up? Nice. Uh, hey, uh, so Woo. the question of the week was, what is a game that you had to cheat to win? And, uh, you know, back in the day... Nintendo games were fucking hard. Like Chris was saying, we had to cheat at all the fucking games if we wanted to beat them, unless you're some kind of weird savant. Um, The one big one, like, that really, uh, because a funny anecdote, sort of, is Sky Shark, which was this NES flying game, kind of like 1942. My dad turned out to be really good at it, and uh, he would always give me shit for not being able to do good at it. I remember one time he beat it, and it was like two in the morning, and he woke me up, and he's like, "Hey, guess what? I beat Sky Shark, and you were sleeping." And I'm like, "Dad, I'm a kid. I got school in the morning." And he's like, "Yeah, well, too bad, ha <laughs> ha." You know. Jesus. So then that Christmas, though, uh, I got me. A, they got me a Game Genie, and um, I'm gonna put a picture down below the video. And uh, so then I used the Game Genie and beat Sky Shark. Finally, I think I used Infinite Lives and Infinite Bombs. <laughs> Um, and of course, after I beat it, my dad gave me shit for beating it with the game genie, which Jeez. is great. Um, <laughs> he set you yeah, up to fail, Sky man. Shark, great Tim Fallen soundtrack. 
Uh, I think it's maybe a little bit better than Silver Surfer. Uh, Silver Surfer is good. But anyway, thanks for being VGA. You guys are all awesome. I love you all. Oh, um, thank you. Thanks, Jesse. thanks. Do you ever feel like you just traveled in time and met your own child? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was me. There's a picture of his dad that. in this shot. He's His dad is very hairy. It could be you. I don't know. <laughs> See? <laughs> Told you. If you grew a beard and like long hair. Um, I just like the idea of his dad waking him up. <laughs> I beat this game. <laughs> yeah, wake, can you imagine waking up your daughters in the morning and just like hey, 3 a.m.? Hey, that's a game daddy just beat. Yeah. Uh, Dr. We, Mario on mobile? No, that is a terrible game. That's yeah. not the real Dr. Mario. Yeah, We've no, already talked no, about this. No. Uh, we also have another video response from friend of the show, Cody Laveau. Cody Laveau. Hey, it's Cage Gribbler, Cody Laveau. It's been another beautiful Sunday morning out here at the ranch. Uh, driving around in the Jeep, as you can see. Don't worry, I'm going slow. There's no roads. I can't hit anybody. Uh, right out in front of me, there's a little bit of a traffic jam. That guy will get out of the way. Any day now. What is that? No, it's a gazelle or antelope or something. So anyway, uh, it should come as a shocker to nobody that I was a fan of Zoo Tycoon. came out when I was about a freshman in high school, and it's really, really fun. But the animals are so picky. It's like, I need exactly six <laughs> rocks. I need X amount of this terrain and that terrain and the right kind of tree and it's very very tough and you run out of money super quickly i found out though from a friend that there is a cheat oh look he just decided to chill right there um i figured out a cheat which was if you hit shift f or if you hit uh shift four while you're playing the game it gives you ten thousand dollars so shift f4 just over and over and over and over and over again to get like a million dollars and all well and good you can build anything you want what I did not realize at the time is that um, the pay uh, for that, like the, uh, the the toll that that takes on you when you hit shift four to get extra money, is that it causes one section of fence to fall apart. Man, this guy is like following <laughs> the jeep around. Looks like they have corn or something. Same antelopes right so, there. Um, so uh, one section of fence uh, deletes itself, um, which is not great. Because here I am busy over on the other side of this, this massive zoo that I'm building. And uh, elsewhere, uh, fences are falling apart because I'm just shift four, shift four, shift four, shift four. Best, um, on, only the best for my imaginary critters, you know. And uh, little did I know, I hear, I hear a, a faint scream. Scroll down and it's chaos. There are lions and tigers and hippos and elephants running wild eating the guests. And uh, yeah, I learned a lesson there. You can't do that. Uh, do do your ten thousand dollars at a time. Find where the hole in the fence is and fix it. True story. Uh, also, don't actually run your zoo like that because uh, things will go very very poorly for you. Uh, believe me, I know. So uh, we'll see you guys next week later. Uh, Chris and Michael and Matt and uh, whoever else is in there. Always great seeing you later. Uh. Man, how, how many people can say that the game that they liked uh, as kids then informed their later career choices? True. I can. I, I'm actually going to a Steinax tomorrow. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go fight some Greek monsters or whatever the hell that game was about. Yeah. Yeah, got a 20-meter 20, 20 life bar. It's going to be great. Mm. All right. So, new question of the week. Uh, what... Is since, since we talked so much about uh, games that were heavily influential on movies, and there are a lot that we didn't mention, what is one of your favorites? What is your favorite 
that uh, that we didn't talk about. What's your favorite movie that had an influence on games and gaming? It can be it can be really specific if you want. It's just like, hey, uh, I really like this uh, thing that was introduced in this movie that later showed up in this game that was clearly ripping it off. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just have fun with it. Tell us tell us about it. And right, because uh, we, we yeah. didn't even mention the Matrix. Uh, well, That's Diana true. did. Yeah, yeah, briefly. but like that was. Literally the power for every game, including Madden and Tony Hawk, for like five years. <laughs> including yeah. the inspiration for our network's name. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Laser <laughs> time. Better than bullet time. Damn it. Laser time. That's true. God damn it. Um, I'm just going to say uh, RoboCop because it spawned the genre of having robot cops. Um, which we never had before RoboCop, so uh, thank I you, RoboCop. I swear, the arcade game was the first one I ever heard say shit. <laughs> shit! <laughs> shit! <laughs> shit! Shit! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drop it. Drop it. Oh, man. <laughs> Jumping up and down and shooting uh, Ed 209 in the face, that was so great. Oh, oh it, didn't, it didn't even cry like a baby. It didn't mm-hmm. give me what I wanted. No. I really wanted to see it scream. Uh, I already said Blade Runner, just because... Yeah. Um, Blade Runner actually is one of those things that like is both influential and has a great game that is just lost. Mm-hmm. But I, I read an article recently, like there are a group of people keeping it up to date, and uh, you can play the PC Blade Runner still, uh, thanks to fans. It, it, it's like practically impossible. It run, it, it sh- it, it's like pre DOS kind of shit. <laughs> uh, but it's a it's a cool looking game. I have a disc copy here. Nice. But uh, again, like I weirdly like everything. Blade Runner influenced and related to Blade Runner more than I like Blade Runner. Mm. I'm sorry. I um, I'm gonna have two entries that are basically the same, same, almost the same movie inspired entire genre of games. Uh, I will go with Enter the Dragon mm. and Bloodsport, both of which, if you've ever played Mortal Kombat, you are playing Enter the Dragon, the video game. Yeah. Uh, take a bunch of fighters from around the world, put them on an island to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's just the plot of Enter the Dragon. That's why the movie worked. It's... Because the movie was just Enter the Dragon. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then Bloodsport, of course, very similar thing. Let's take fighters right. from all around the globe and pit them against each other in a secret fighting tournament. Yeah. yeah. Does that sound familiar? If you've played Street Fighter, if you've played Mortal Kombat, yes, it should, because that's what those games are. Um, and please look up Dave's article. I just approved a comment today on Dave's every Bloodsport fighter ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we also did a but, commentary but, for Bloodsport on the Patreon, uh, the, the movie commentary. Oh, shit. That was think, your first commentary. I think oh, it, yeah. it was either that or Blade. I think I might have been Blade. But, oh, no. that That's the one you had a leather jacket but, on. Yeah. One thing you didn't mention was uh, Mortal Kombat originally took shape as a license. It was going to be a licensed Bloodsport mm-hmm. game. And that deal. And it was going to star Jean-Claude Van Damme. That deal fell through, and uh, Jean Claude's character became uh, Johnny Cage, and right, which, that's which true. He still retained the split punches. Jean Claude's version of Frank Dukes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah th- those both those movies highly worth watching, uh, and yeah, inspired an entire genre of video games that, if you watched any of Evo, is going strong to this day. So mm. there you go. This through. So, what is your favorite movie that influenced video games? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com, answer in the comments under episode 329, or you can uh, visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook, and uh, there'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, uh, which is 
By the way, one of the better places for attaching videos, especially if they're on YouTube and just easier for us to process, but, uh, you know, you do you, whatever. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's go out with some plugs. We've already heard from Diana, but Chris, what do you got? Well, Diana Goodman, that's who I'm plugging on 302010. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> on 302010. What? She's a great co host. <laughs> I got that. You, I yeah, got it. Yeah. I right. got the joke. <laughs> Kristen. I, I still don't. Mm, plugging. Just, anyway. Yeah, Came as rudeness. Oh, no, no. Oh, your wife. I am so yes. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that Thanks was a, a, a bad initiation. But that is a fucking great show. And obviously you heard Diana's fucking fantastic about mm. talking about movies. Mm. Way better than me. Yeah. And it's the perfect show. Better for than all of us. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Frankly, and, we don't uh, deserve her as a network. Little, I believe that the, the, the one we just put up is... Uh, like Braid and System Shock Two coming out in like the same week, twenty years apart is very weird because they would they would go on to become the best reviewed games of the play. I, that's what I discovered is that um, I think Braid is like the seventh highest reviewed game on Xbox 360. Period, which is wow. something I but, don't agree. But with. like, not a game many people go back to and play. That's what no, yeah. no. I think it's pretty obnoxious, and I would never do that. But 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 it's also like this week like is also Shadow Complex. Oh, now there's a game. You and, and so like play. so every single week in '09, like we're pretty much discovering how Microsoft pioneered digital games onto the console landscape mm-hmm. with the Summer of Arcade. Mm-hmm. They weren't fucking around, and like they all the, all those games became talked about classics that we still, you know, remember. Yeah. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were they were. I think immensely important just to the the development of the indie scene in general, just to show that like right, yes, this is something yeah. you can do on a console. Because I was I was I, ha- I had Steam and I was still getting stuff off of there, but like a brand new thing that everybody's talking about for twenty dollars, like that was brand new to consoles mm-hmm. ten years ago. And I can tell you, being on the publisher side during all of that. They used to have a lot of really strict rules for those games that were kind of a pain in the ass at the time. Like, we're talking really low file size limits. I want to say it was like 750 megabytes is the maximum those games like, I could remember be. Symphony, Symphony, Symphony of the Night had a Jackie Robinson, like, the, the, the file size above 400 megs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, this game's too good. We can't limit it to 400 yeah. megs. Yeah, let's, was, let's lift that barrier. Yeah. And then eventually they, they kind of loosened up those restrictions. But, yeah, they the, those rules, while they were a pain in the ass at the time, I think they helped immensely in kind of establishing, hey, digital games are a thing. And you can go, in, you know, buy a thing and play it, not instantly because internet connection speeds, but, you know, a matter of an hour or two later and, and you're up and running. And there you go. Right. But even less then, but I just want to give, like, kind of tip my hat to Microsoft because I'm a classic gamer. I want to buy my game and have the copy the whole time. And they spent the whole summer convincing me no, the best way to play brand new shit is to spend less and get it instantly. And mm-hmm. man, the summer of arcade like just were hits and hits and hits that just kept coming. Oh yeah, it's very strange. That was yeah. my favorite thing for years. Just looking forward to what, what's coming with summer of arcade. Yeah, yeah. They made it an event nuts. out of nothingness, out of, out of a traditionally slow time for games. They're yep. like, yep, we're making a thing. It was nuts. And and um, um, laser time this week is all about stolen soundtracks. Uh, I that's that's just a catch-all name I'm using because I don't really want to peg a lot of these aren't stolen uh, yes Chrono Trigger stole Riff from Rick Astley we'll, dis- mm, yeah. we'll discuss that that's very clear but some of this this stuff is like if you knew if you're a musician who could name riffs because riffs have names like mm. drum fills have names yeah 
that's what most games were stealing. And we, we like it was very also very interesting was the way I ate my own ass to research <laughs> this article, and I Google this this subject and like I am still the like vague authority on games radar. So before they erase my name from it, hmm. I wrote this shit years ago. <laughs> And, uh, and and I know there are YouTubers who have covered it, but they didn't get all my shit, and they didn't get all my new shit either. So it's a really funny look at, um, yeah, how popular music filtered through games for about 25 years. Wow. Uh, without anybody <laughs> batting an eye. <laughs> Go listen to Chris eat the shit out of his own ass. Ooh, delicious. Mm-hmm. Delicious. <laughs> I keep it immaculate back there. It'll be nice and sexy. Nice. <laughs> Boy. Uh, well, we talked about the summer of arcade and the hits during the summer. Uh, speaking of hits during the summer, we're talking about SummerSlam on this week's Cheap Podcast, the revival of the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. Me and my host, T.L. Foster, last week had a Patreon-exclusive preview show of NXT TakeOver Toronto as well as SummerSlam. And this week, we have the full review of both shows as well as covering news from around the wrestling world as well as a few other fun little segments and surprises for you. So, yeah, check that out in the free feed that is Cheap Popcast. Uh, and if you like what you hear, go on iTunes, like us, subscribe, give us five-star ratings. That's going to help spread the word. Then follow us on Twitter at Cheap Popcast, and then follow me at Maddie C. Allen. Right, and uh, also patreon.com slash laser time, and this week Sarah and I are talking about uh, two new movies that we saw, Hobbs and Shaw and The Lion King. Um, we do not savage either, but we get close. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and that's, yeah, it's a Sorry, the only way to get that preview episode, again, that's patreon.com slash laser time. Subscribe at the $5 or more level. Burger and fries, baby, can yes. uh, support your favorite podcast network. We'd appreciate burger it. Burger and can fries even... or half the price of your WWE Network subscription. You can do it. Can you even get a burger and fries for $5 anymore? Absolutely. Or just... You're not trying hard right. Yeah, You're right. I, I'm also spoiled Jack in the Box has the a $5 Bay Bay combo right now. Burger yeah. King has two for four going on right now. I got all the fast food deals covered, Mike. McDonald's got buy one, get one for a buck. God damn, Michael. <laughs> oh. It's like you ain't poor or nothing. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, um... Yeah, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or uh, come to me personally at Wikiparas, where I will sometimes say weird things about words you've heard your entire life, like, uh, did you know that painstaking is not actually painstaking, but pains tanking? Uh, and get a lot of likes for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea why that resonated with people um, that happened today. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. thing that I like about YouTube ads is that they can be way filthier than TV ads <laughs> and just be very open about like the yeah. the the poopery ads I think were the first to break that barrier yeah. and then the squatty your potty. shit smell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. mask yes. the smell of your stinky shit with our spray that's yes, does. not cheap I've seen, I saw it at Costco the other day really it's like $15 for like a little what? thing yeah that's ridiculous just buy Glade for two bucks oh my god but it's different. It seals in the water so your poop smell doesn't rise above. That's true.
it creates a barrier. That's just oil on water. Mm-hmm. So you're spraying oil. Possibly. Yeah. yeah, try some Pam. See yeah. if it's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> All of oils in a lava lamp. Uh, <laughs> the shits will be coated in olive oil. <laughs> and secret sound. Um, <laughs> 200 miles per hour down the sewage uh, line. <laughs> this is the fastest <laughs> turd we've ever caught. <laughs> you know that scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with the sled? Yeah. yeah. I was bad. actually thinking about the salmon cannon, except with, yes, like, I just watched with like an ass and a turd. I just watched the salmon cannon the other day. 